Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Dylan and Eric. I'm Dip that Dylan. Oh my god. This is the redo since we recorded this before and yeah. lost it all. Yeah. The audio gods hate us. Yeah. Dylan's brand new computer and his uh, paid for music recording program crashed and burned. Yeah. Everything sucked. I mean, everything was great with the episode. It was like probably the best episode that we've ever done. Of I course, mean, we could say that about anything because right? they, they won't. There's know. no evidence of it yeah. to, to contradict it. But yeah, uh, we were both we were firing on all cylinders. I yeah. think it, like we're normally just like you know quick and witty and play off of each other. But I mean, I think that was like the f- sharpest that we've been and yeah. the most on point. And Melody was in it a lot. You know, she we were was making it. fun of my hygiene. <laughs> well, we were all interacting, and it was pretty great. And now it's gone forever. Yeah. I'm a little salty about it. Yeah, so we're going to be taking some precautions this time. We've yeah. got 20 different things recording. <laughs> we really do. And we're going to be stopping every 30 minutes to save. Yep. So hopefully it won't be too jarring. Dylan will actually have to do some editing this time. Oh, I'm going to edit it so well that you guys won't even know it happened. <laughs> All right. So, well, I guess it was kind of fortuitous. Because we have extra we have, mail. Yes, we do. All right, uh, I think what we touched on last time was that the Paddington poll, uh-huh. there was a late arrival for the P. I thought that Paddington and what the hell was my movie? Playing God. <laughs> Playing God, I forgot even. <laughs> it was so horrible was that a, you blocked it out of your memory. split, but there was a late uh, vote for Paddington, so it ended up taking the cake. Uh, Quick and the Dead took 100% of the vote over the quest. Not a single uh, vote was given for that. Um, but we do have two pieces of listener mail wow. from our good friends. Can't uh, wait to hear the one that I've already heard. <laughs> one that you're going to have to pretend that you didn't. That led to a lot of tangents. So I think uh, this time we're going to have look, we'll just get through the mail and then we'll go off on the tangents because people will so be So we're confused. planning the tangents now. Well, I- I'm sure it's going to lead to discussion, but I think it's confusing when... We go on like five minute tangents in between the mail. Then people are like, "Well, wait, was that part of the what mail part or the exactly?" Okay, so the first uh, letter is from well, email actually It wasn't like a, a handwritten letter <laughs> that uh, Jake took. You know, his quill and his ink uh-huh. pen and, and wrote long form. Uh, uh, so his email is subject a note on Rotten Tomato scores, uh-huh. and he writes. I've noticed you're both frequently perplexed by Rotten Tomato scores. I think some of that comes from misunderstanding what the score actually represents. The score is a percentage of favorable reviews, so a movie with all 6 out of 10s would be a 100. Rotten Tomatoes does have an average critic score you can see by clicking on the RT score. Kubo is a good movie to illustrate this point. It has an average rating of 8.4, but a Rotten Tomato score of 97% because most reviews gave it at least an okay score based on its visuals. Mm. Whenever a movie seems way too high or low, I'd recommend looking at the average score. Ah, so is that something you're going to be doing from now on? You yes, it is. Extra and rating? I went into it, and I got the actual uh, average ratings for both of the films that we will be discussing right. today. Are you still going to be saying the other number? I will. All right. I like but, the more, the merrier. Yes. Okay, so here is the other email that we got 
from David, whose subject header is "You're Wrong," mm-hmm. because it's one of the uh, running jokes that they have that they get a lot of emails for their podcast, "Life Is Unfair," which is the Malcolm in the Middle uh, rewatch podcast. Never where they, heard of that. Where they go in chronological order, discussing every episode. I've been on it a few times. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Everyone should be listening to that if they're not already. Uh, yeah, so they get a lot of email where they say that you're wrong. Mostly in reference to something that David said. So David okay. sent the email. You're wrong. And he starts it off with Q episode comments. Joker was not a good movie. It tried to be a movie about mental health and a Joker movie and did a bad job at both. It made it appear on the surface that all mentally ill people are one bad day away from snapping and becoming one of the most brutal villains in an entire comic universe. Sorry, Dylan. I agree that it is a problem that needs addressed. I just don't feel this movie did it well, in my opinion. Snyder Cut was better, but not an equal to an MCU product for sure. Leave my Batman movies alone, sir. Jared Leto is a crappy Joker, and Suicide Squad was not good. The comics were great. As for the movies, The Quest. He is indeed Belgian. Also, he is horrible. Bloodsport was fun, but not good. Man, glad I enjoyed Bloodsport at least a little, Dylan. Mortal Kombat is not a martial arts movie, but it is fun. I want to watch the new movie. I'm stoked for it. Sub-Zero looks so good. Oh my god, the Dota show is supposedly good, but I'm not an anime anime fan either. Eric is a weeb. Oh no, he also assaulted my ears. It's not Genghis Khan, I will have Jake fight you. Genghis Khan, sir. Genghis, not that great, describes Van Damme's fighting in every movie. For the quick and the dead, it's just you guys. Dino Cappuccini, you guys should be glad. Italians have better sense of humor than Americans about that type of stuff. Wait, where are these movies? The Stevens movies, that is. Uh, 7 out of 10 for the quest. No, just no. 5 out of 10, too high. Anyways, always fun. Have a good day, guys, and keep making content and growing. Also, had to use the year wrong title, so now you have one, too. See, the problem with uh, waiting until the end of that is now I, I didn't retain it. All right, so it, let's go back in... His first uh, paragraph was regarding Joker and mental health. Right. Okay. I loved, I loved the movie. And I think, personally, as a man struggling with mental illness, I think everyone is just one bad day away from <laughs> going on a murdering spree. Do you want to address anything about the day's events? This is a special day for you. But I don't know if you want to talk about it. Uh, nah. Okay. Just know that I, it's, it's a special Dylan day for you. today. Dylan National had a good day. Dylan day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Schneider Cut was better. You haven't seen it I yet, right? I still have so. not watched the four-hour Schneider Cut, no. <laughs> uh, I was right about him being Belgian. Yes, and very good. Okay. I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, what did say you about Mortal Kombat not being a martial arts movie? It has martial arts in it. Yeah. So I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would be classified more as a video game movie. Right. And it certainly has like supernatural elements and like. But if things, it wasn't but... based on a video game, what would you call it? Uh, yeah, it's got martial arts yeah. in it, for sure. Uh, okay, I'm not even going to address the Eric as a weeb thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, how many Sailor Moon uh, figurines do you have? Uh, all of them. All of them? Yes. Well, okay, to be fair. All of them from one run. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have, like, any of... I, I mean, I've got, like, the main characters. How many body pillows do you got? Zero. Okay. I have zero For body now. pillows. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have an actual in-real-life wife, so I don't need a body pillow. So. 
You said, huh, as if that's... No, you do. You, you definitely do. Yeah. I mean, everybody could use a couple of them. A couple of I've them? I've got four. You, really? Yeah. yeah no, that's why don't. I never let you go into the bedroom. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Uh, Dino Cappuccini. That I'm... Su- I'm surprised. It's just Are you? Us. You're surprised. It's just us. Oh, come on, Melody. Do you call him Dino Cappuccini? No. Okay. Have you I, ever heard anyone call him Dino Cappuccini? You. Other than us. No. But did you know who he was talking about when he said Dino Cappuccini? Absolutely. There you go. So, so it works. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. And then he asked where the movies are, the Stevens movies, and, and then you sent them over, and then he hadn't said anything to you. Yeah, so the jury's still out as to whether... <laughs> have they not addressed nope, them No, they yet? haven't, but uh, I've been on their streams, and we've interacted that way. I actually uh, played with David this past weekend, and did he you didn't get a, say anything. Did you get a battle royale win? We did not, because we were doing a kill race. and I. So we were in their uh, sweaty lobbies, instead of my like tinfoil nude lobby, nude lobbies, we were like in uh-huh. their fucking platinum, oh, diamond okay. level, whatever lobbies. Yeah. And I was holding my own in the beginning. Were you? Yeah. I ended with double digit kills. We ended up, so my, my average was like one kill a game. So I had, I finished with 10 kills and we were playing, you know, David and Gary and this other guy, Ant, that they play with. Who's a real big talker? Is he talks a lot of shit, and so that was the oh, reason yeah. for having like a competition. Mm. Was that you know David was going to host it in his lobby, and the competition was going to be against this guy Ant and Gary because uh-huh. Gary is like legitimately good, and Ant is always like saying that he's better and everything, and he's a good player. Don't get me uh-huh. wrong, but he his game he talks a lot bigger game than what okay. he can really back up because uh, I was actually like within a kill of him for the first like oh, wow. five games. So, but then, yeah, he started kind of going off, and they all left me in the dust. But I've been doing a lot of uh, Cold War zombies. Very fun. Yeah. We play every once in a while. Like yeah, we, we're going to play with before you leave, probably. <laughs> we, we played with heavy hearts last time because yes. we had just <laughs> gone through uh, the episode that ended up crashing and burning, and so yeah. we were just, like, not even enjoying it. We are just, <laughs> like, trying to get our hatred out. Yeah. <laughs> of the game but yeah uh so our movies chop em up dreams one and two and you digitized them from dvd and made them you know just regular video files i have since emailed them along and they are now out there in the ether so we'll see <laughs> see what that means well, it was for nice knowing those our, <laughs> our friendship going forward they're still interacting with me for now so i'm guessing yeah. they didn't mind them or they haven't watched them they probably, probably the latter so we'll see. Okay, that is the emails that we have. All right. Do we have any other business that we need to address before we crack on into our movies? Well, I think last time we went on like a 15-minute tangent about DC and how they could be making good movies. Oh, for own. sure. But that's kind of just a rehash of Q because I think yeah, we had we do a it pretty in like similar episode. discussion in Q. So, mm-hmm. I, again, I would have loved to still have that on record. Yeah, that would be great. But alas... Twas not to be. No, that just means we have to make this one even better. So, ah. But now that I've forgotten <laughs> several things about the movie. So, same. <laughs> uh, you know my memory is really horrible. <laughs> yeah, and the reason that you watch a lot of the movies on the day of is so yeah. that it's still fresh in your mind. So now we're just going to have to <laughs> fuck our way through this yeah. thing. So, 2000's Road to El Dorado with an IMDb rating of 6.9. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 48%. Ah, and then with uh, Jake's new 
little tidbit of information that equates to a 5.5 out of 10. That's just the critics because the audience score is 66% and they don't have like an average for that. that. Written by Terry Rossio, Ted Elliott, Carrie Kirkpatrick, and Philip Lazbinick. I think I screwed that name up last time and I'm screwing it up this time too. Uh, Consistency. Mm -hmm. Directed by Bebo Bergeron. Bebo. And Don Paul, starring Kevin Klein, Kenneth Branagh, Rosie Perez, Armand Asante, Edward James Olmos, and Tobin Bell. What is your synopsis for this film? Can you remember? <laughs> Two Spanish con men uh, come into possession of a map to the famed city, the famed lost city of El Dorado, the city of gold, and they go on a quest to for for adventure and riches, all to the tune of. El- Elton John. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So the actual synopsis is two swindlers get their hands on a map to the fabled city of gold, El Dorado. El Dorado. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned last time, and I have to call you out on it again. You said when you were bringing it up what your R movie was going to be, uh, you asked if I liked Elton John. I yeah. said I'd already seen Rocket Man because I thought that that's what you were going to talk about. And you oh, said, uh-huh. yeah. I nope. see where this is going. Uh, it's Road to El Dorado, quote, my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> it is definitely not a Disney movie. You had also said that you'd seen it, um, I don't know, probably a dozen times yes. or more. So <laughs> you never once uh, realized that it wasn't a Disney film. It's DreamWorks, which it has a D in it. <laughs> that it does. That, that's fair. Uh, Anyone could yeah. have made that mistake. Well, I don't even know what my favorite... Oh, I know what my favorite Disney movie is, then. It's the Shaggy D.A. <laughs> Remember that scene yes, I showed you, you with the dog punching very, him in the face? That was great. I, I did appreciate that a lot. <laughs> if any, if anybody wants to see what we're talking about, I think you can go to YouTube and type in Shaggy D.A. Punch. <laughs> or, like, chase scene or something. Try Shaggy D.A. Punch. Uh, I can't very well say that it will be worth your time, but oh, you'll, it will. you'll probably it get will, a chuckle You will out probably it. laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to because it's, it's so like ridiculous, but yeah. um, I, I can almost see where you thought that it was a Disney movie because the character design and the animation is right. very Disney-esque in style, but like the themes that... It is a lot more mature themed. I mean, it got a PG rating, so it's still yeah. like okay. But there's a definitely jokes in there that like are the not for the scene kids. Where um, oh god, the names Tulio and Miguel, right? Yes. So Tulio was with um, Shell. Shell, and they basically off screen have sex and are like macking it. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. There's the PG rating right there. Exactly. (laughs) It's so weird doing this again because I remember you saying like verbatim some of this stuff. Well, yeah, because it's in my notes. So now I'm going through the notes again. So the notes didn't change. It's giving me flashbacks. I didn't rewatch the movie or anything, and I know you didn't. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, this is so, oh, man. I mean, this is great fun every single time we do this. But this is such 
like a labor yeah. to go through this again because i mean theoretically we should be doing s right now like yes. we should have r in the can and uh, uh and it's so horrible because rudy obviously is one of my favorite movies and as much as i would normally like to talk about it it's kind of almost like i'm dreading talking about it again a little because bit. You, you know what i'm gonna say for parts <laughs> of it yes i know how what your how much i love begins. the character yeah bastard but we're not there yet yeah uh, we're on so the road to el dorado it starts with yeah these swindlers they have these loaded dice and they're using it to uh pilfer a bunch of cash from like the townspeople mm. uh and then they get found out uh well they're offered like a double or nothing kind of game yeah but they have to use the other people's dice. And Miguel's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm yeah. stupid. <laughs> but they still end up rolling a seven, and yeah. they actually get lucky and end up winning the map. But in, While yeah. he's leaning over to pick up all his spoils, the loaded dice fall out of his pocket and land on seven. Yeah. And then the guy is, like, slamming his fist on the ground, and it keeps, like, knocking the dice around, and they keep landing on seven. Yeah. So then they're found out that they're yeah. thieves... And then they cheats. They continue to be con men and go into this like staged fight thing where he's like, "You gave me loaded dice." <laughs> yeah, like he's like he's really offended by yeah. it, and uh, yeah, so they have that mock kind of sword fight, which lead allows them to escape. But then they end up in that uh, bull pen. I like that one part where uh, so Miguel pulls the sword out from the guard, <laughs> and, and he's like on guard, and then um, Tulio pulls his. Uh, he pulls one from the garden it's this tiny little dagger and he's so like he not with that yeah. <laughs> yeah. i love how he like slides it back in and then goes to the other side and pulls yeah. out the actual sword but yeah then they end up falling into this bowl pen and then they're like wondering how they're going to get out of it and tulio he's always the one who makes the plans even though he never really comes up with a good one yeah and he's like okay so You'll pet him, and then Miguel starts reaching out to pet him. <laughs> he's and he's like, gonna nah, do it. He's yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. And then run. I do like his blind devotion yeah. to Tulio. Like it, the plans never really are fully formed or ever work out, but Miguel is still like trustworthy enough in his friend that yeah. he's just gonna go along with it. It's like he's going somewhere with this. Yeah, I'll reach out yeah. and touch this bull. <laughs> Pretty funny. So then they're. Uh, evading all the people through the city. Well, so then meanwhile, like the bull gets out of its pen and yeah, like so they're it's running chasing from the them. people, they're running from the guards, and they're running from the bull. Yeah, and it, so it has like this uh, mad dash kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's kind of like the Scooby Doo esque where they're like running uh -huh. in certain doors and then they're coming out other doors. Yeah. And anyone that's seen Scooby Doo will have seen that like chase sequence and know what, what we're talking about. Uh, they end up kind of. On um, oh they they see the like the ocean or at the pier and yeah. they they're gonna jump and they're like yeah I think we can make it even though they're like yeah. hella far from it and they end up jumping into these barrels of water yeah. and then uh, <laughs> the the guys that are loading the ship end up putting like this chest over yeah. it to kind of block them in so that and they they're about to get out and they're like one two three and then like they keep trying over and over again and then it like it fades to black and then it like pans back in and they're still doing it all now they've moved the chest off <laughs> yeah the, and it's on the boat yeah yeah and yeah like you'd mentioned so they've been trying for the whole time and they're like not even winded or anything <laughs> right which is 
It's just funny. And then, then all of a sudden, they uh, the chest is removed, and they're able to get out, and then they realize that they have stowed away on this boat, and they're imprisoned, and the guy, Cortez, yeah. is like the was set up to be like the lead antagonist yeah. but then he's missing for the majority of the film yeah but, basically uh yeah he says that they're going to be sold into slavery in cuba when they get there and miguel's just happy that, that it's going to be, be in cuba. cuba uh so then they're, they're thrown in the slammer and tulio's trying to devise uh another plan on getting out uh and what does he say? Like, oh, we're going to steal the... We're going to take some provisions, uh, <laughs> get uh, one of those little boats. And then uh, Miguel's like, okay, sure, how are we going to get out of here? And then he's just like, we're going we're gonna to take some provisions. <laughs> he just says the same plan again. Yeah, because you can tell that he's... He and always before, thinks that he's got a he good idea. Before he says it, he's he like really slamming does. his head on the, <laughs> on the post. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, the horse... What's his name? Altibo. Altibo. He was trying to get an apple, mm. and his apple falls down in, onto Miguel's lap, and yeah. so he's got it. And so he devises that he's going to try to get the horse's attention to go get a mm-hmm. pry bar to get them out of the... Uh-huh. <laughs> so he's standing on, what's it, Tulio? Tulio's yeah. shoulders, and trying to get the horse to get him a pry bar. And Tulio's like, the horse isn't going to understand what you're talking about. And this was another... This is a huge thing. Yeah, that we this had. was a nice long because you ongoing were, joke. You were making it seem like horses speak like no, perfect. I didn't say that they. English. I didn't say that they speak English. I said that they you could understand like they a lot more. That they would understand that okay, these two guys are locked away. In order for me to get the apple from them, I have to go fetch them a a way for them to escape this situation. I did not. It, you did. I did not totally ascribe did. that level of intelligence. I said that they're a lot smarter than what we would give them credit for. And you're like, they don't understand English. And, I'm, and I said, they the whole thing about commands. the fucking canter thing yeah. that you're talking about. Canter. Yeah, where the lady was whipping the air and screaming yeah. canter over and over to get the horse to do something. They obviously can That's comprehend. That's a train command. Okay, but they must know what it means that that word they can distinct right from anything else. Right. You're you're getting your facts wrong. <laughs> you're you never yourself a deeper hole. I, I never ascribed that the fact that a real life horse would be able to like know that to get them the keys which is what happens in this case you were acting too- like it was like plausible that that would work uh i'm sure like if a horse sees the the people opening a door with a set of keys often enough and the keys are accessible the horse is going to put two and two together no because if that was the case the horses in the stables would be just using their tongues to open the latches and let themselves out broken out before no not really not really which means that they have well they kicked the door down so they know it's the door that they get out of yeah ah okay (laughs) (sighs) yes so i'm not saying that horses are super geniuses that would know exactly like the entire works of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that they're smarter than they're what smart we were smart enough to go and fetch a pair of keys for some trapped individuals to free them for an hour. Sure. Yes. Rats can do it. 
rats are better than people. That's true. I want to leave this long pause in without editing it. That was just my blank look at your face because, yes, rats are incredibly intelligent. You know, uh, horses' brains are like, what, 10 times the size of a fucking rat? Yeah. So don't, like, in terms of, like... Size isn't all cogn- that matters, no, man. I, I understand that. But in terms of cognitive ability, mm-hmm. you don't think that a, heart, a horse is smarter than a rat. There's actually a thing online where it, like, puts, like, the intelligence of animals. I'll look up and see if a yes, horse please is do. smarter than a rat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a rat is smarter than a horse. <sighs> That's what I'm gonna say. Well, let's keep rolling along while okay. she's doing this. But I, I just, yeah, want this on record that you you're, think horses are like. I just think they're as smart in, as they're beautiful animals. They're incredibly intelligent. I think that, and, and again, I have nothing against rats. I know that they're incredibly intelligent animals. There's no fucking way that they're smarter than horses. I this is not possible. We'll, we will find nope. out. I lived on a horse ranch for many, many years. And I never had any of them fetch me a pair of keys. How many times has a rat stomped on a horse? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just saying that about? if rats are so smart, they should know to stay away from those big stampy things that horses got and not get crushed by them. I've never seen a dead rat. You've never ever seen it? Oh, my God. In, I, in the I stables. I can't even with you. Okay. Well, I that, guess that just means there's no rats there, which is good. There's one tangent down. Well, yeah. to be continued when Melody comes up with the actual information. Yeah. So, uh, Which... I just did. Okay. Let's hear it. Rats came first as more intelligent. Motherfucker. And and then falcons, Reese's monkeys, and then horses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting, Eric. For once, you are the one who is incorrect. (laughs) All right. Fine. He's devastated. I am (laughs) devastated. Uh, again, so if I, anybody is going to fetch you some keys, it's going to be your pet rat. Yeah, maybe. I would think that... What's up? Little Kaori coming out. Yeah. I would think uh, a ferret would be more likely just because they, they want just like, want shiny, shiny things. things yeah. yeah. So he would probably they just steal They won't fetch them for you. They'll, They'll fetch them. They'll, They'll hide them. You won't get them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so part and parcel with that whole apple scene was I like the, the Rube Goldberg-esque kind of thing when it's bouncing off the sail and the- yeah because he uh they get out because altivo is throwing them the keys and so they get out of the prison and they are going to steal this life raft and then uh the horse is like hey give me that apple that you promised me and so he like tosses it to him and it bounces off a guard and on the sail yeah. and yeah it's all doing all kinds of shit <laughs> and then it uh ends up like falling in the water and so the yeah. next scene is him like jumping in <laughs> Face afterwards first after. which was hilarious yeah. uh, and that's uh, led to another thing the first time we did that's where I asked her like do they really love fruit that much or oh, apples right. that they would like just go and then we talked about how much they love peppermints yes we did yeah god can we just go back in time and have that episode back <laughs> yeah that would be nice when I wasn't wrong about rats intelligence <laughs> <laughs> oh for once, I'm going to be the smart one in the episode. <laughs> hey, we're we're not even halfway through yet. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> oh, that could that's just more opportunities for you to fuck up. Mm, uh, this is true. Uh, and I got a fact checker over there now. <laughs> right. So where were we? 
they get on the life raft and they Altivo are goes face first into the water. Yeah, and then they they have it starts raining and they're in this massive storm yeah. and they are abandoning all hope and then they end up ashore and well, you skip that one scene that you like a lot with the, <laughs> oh, with the bird yeah. yeah with the seagull that has with a butthole, butthole. Yeah. <laughs> and like the uh, jaws pops out of, out of yeah. the water and eats them so the seagull like drops dead on one of the oars <laughs> and then the, everyone's licking their lips even altivo the horse is licking his lips because yeah. he's suddenly a carnivore like but said he's time. like devast he's uh desperate for any yeah. kind of nourishment i guess because there's no point. peppermints yeah that's right yeah um and then this horrifying looking shark <laughs> comes up and like bites it down and yeah that was great i loved that scene it was hilarious so then a bunch of waves happen big storm and then they like you were getting at they've accepted their fate and they're kind of like professing their friendship to each other and like how one of them always made them rich and one of them always brought them adventure and they'll always cherish yeah. their friendship and stuff and then they're kind of dangling their hands off the uh, raft and then they like pick their hand up and their uh tulio sees that they're he's holding sand and he's like oh and miguel like is just like kind of disgusted by it <laughs> at first and yeah he's like, so well i guess that kind of goes against uh my whole statement about horses being intelligent because altivo was the one that was in front of the raft so if anyone would have seen it yeah. he should have seen that there was like sand beneath them yeah while the other ones were like lamenting their fate yeah. and everything uh so yeah they get off and they're like kissing the ground and then uh -huh. they end up uh kissing the skull that's like cleaved through with uh -huh. the saber and then they're like, oh, let's uh, take our chances back on the boat. And so that they're going to hightail it. Uh, but then they decide that they're going to have these madcap adventures. So they decide that they are going to uh, yeah, continue on with their quest once they realize that the map that they are in possession of is the map to the famed lost city of Eldorado. Gold. That's right. <laughs> Golden years ago. That's the one. It's very catchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do enjoy the music. I liked that rendition. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. It leads to one of uh, many uh, montages and Elton John songs. Yeah. As... And what we were discussing in the first episode was it's strange that Elton John is like top bill like he's carrying the whole movie because yeah. it, I I think Elton John's fine I just think if you listen to two of his songs in a row you're like okay That's the same me, song. <laughs> give me something else <laughs> yeah can I hear some nails on a chalkboard or something just to <laughs> no I don't think it's that bad I mean like <laughs> his his music is Enjoy well, I mean, it's enjoyable, but I yeah. mean, yeah, it's I, just very one note. He his range, he he's a great singer, but his range is just very in one spot. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that they chose him to write the entire. Well, not write because Hans Zimmer wrote the music. Did you know that? I, I, I did <laughs> from the first episode, the first time we recorded this. Yeah, yes, but, I did. But yeah, Do you I, know that uh, he's doing uh, ringtones now. Is he? Yeah, that's <laughs> how far he's fallen. That's uh, that's horrible. <laughs> he composed Spider Pig in the Simpsons movie. Ah, so he's he might as well be dead. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> 
Shots fired at a uh, respected musician, Hans Zimmer. But yeah, uh, Elton John, I think he did a really good job. I think a lot of the songs, well, probably with the help of Hans Zimmer and all the musicians involved, he... I think there's only like one song in the whole soundtrack that I don't really care for. Yeah, but we both agreed that the best song is in there is the one that he doesn't sing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, the so on the soundtrack, it's him and one other person singing it. But in the actual film, in the movie film, in the motion picture, um, <laughs> it's actually the two one. actors singing, and I think that's both of our favorite yes, it is. songs. Yeah, it's tough to be a god. Ba 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 ba. It is very nice. No, you do it. No. I don't remember it that well that I could uh, harmonize with you. So, But it was good. You'll save it for the next episode. Yeah, yeah there we, we go. You'll have it memorized when we have to do, do it. Do this a third time? I, I seriously. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. I would. <laughs> just think, stop coming over. <laughs> just no, cancel the we podcast. We would just skip over R, I think. If, yeah. if that case, uh, it would just be. The forever cursed episode. No Rudy, huh? Mm, yeah, I I don't know. Guess not. But hopefully we won't have to deal with that. We've. It seems to be going okay so far. Yeah, don't curse it. I saved it. We got thirty minutes of stuff. That even if it crashes right now, we got thirty minutes of stuff. And that's what we would release as an episode. <laughs> yes, we like, fuck this for the rest of the art <laughs> time. Uh, Okay. Uh, yeah, so they're on the island. They go through the montage, through the trail that they blaze. Yeah. Uh, um, they end up at the this huge rock pillar, which yeah. uh, Tulio says is El Dorado. Yeah, oh, and, we're here. And then Miguel's like, oh, is it behind the rock? <laughs> he says, you can have my share. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just a fucking rock. And so he's going to give up and turn around. And meanwhile, right then, uh, Shell comes around yeah. and she's carrying some gold that she pilfered from yeah. the one temple. of the, the temples. And she's being chased by a bunch of guards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they arrive and catch her and see them. And they bear a striking resemblance to two the figures, figures on that, the stone. Exactly. Which is like two deity looking guys riding on the serpentine steed yes so they are currently on the horse at the moment and so then the guards are like oh we need to take these guys back to the to the town yeah tulio and miguel all the while thinking well we're dead yeah they think that they're gonna get sacrificed or executed or or whatever so they arrive back there and they are introduced to the chief of the village, and also the what the fuck is he? The head priest, uh, the high high priest. priest. And what's his name, Eric? I don't fucking remember. It's a shell con. No, shell con. It's just, it's the combination Setzel, of Setzel yes, Setzel it's Setzel Khan. Yeah, we were calling him Kotal Khan. We were calling him Shao Khan. We knew Shao Khan was wrong yeah. because we knew that was Mortal Kombat. But didn't still... stop you from doing it like twice though. <laughs> Oh, and one of the jokes that we didn't get to do that was... Yeah, we were going to... Like, we didn't find out it was Cecil Khan until the way end. later on in, in the episode. And we were joking that we were going to, like, just, like, cut out Kotal Khan every time and just go, Cecil. <laughs> that would have been... <laughs> well, at least we got to But that it. would imply that I'd be doing any editing <laughs> whatsoever. Right. Can't have that. Yeah. Oh, I yes. don't even think I'll have to edit much here because it 
I just kind of pasted it at the end. So a little bit of movie magic going on for the listeners there. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be okay. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we're doing this. Uh, This is still (laughs) disheartening. It'll be okay, man. (laughs) I don't think it's going to crash. It has it actively crashes. Well, another, another little inside uh, baseball oh. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan's recording, uh, as we normally do, on my crappy microphone in on uh, through his, what is it called? The Focusrite? Yeah, Focusrite uh, that's connected to FL Studio on his mm-hmm. new computer. I have my blue snowball up on the tablet, and that is running through Audacity, so that's being recorded. And I also have the handheld voice recorder that's also going, because uh, I realized when the episode of Life is Unfair that I recorded with Jake and David, when that failed, I didn't want another repeat, so I went out and got this voice recorder. Mm -hmm. I didn't want another repeat of our episode failing, so now we're just rolling with all three. And we've also also got Melody etching everything we say (laughs) into a stone tablet. (laughs) That uh, 2,000 years from now someone will find and and think that this is the lost city of El Dorado. (laughs) They're like, oh, these guys are sitting around talking into a microphone. That must have been the microphone to the gods. They They were talking about El Dorado. (laughs) We must be close. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, nothing will go wrong this episode. Famous last words. Well, but even if it does, we've got we've got, we've got one backup ones. that might sound okay, and, and one we got backup that would definitely that... sound shitty, but it would at least be a fucking recording of what we did. Oh my god. <sighs> El Dorado. Yeah. So they are now in the town of El Dorado. Yeah. And it's uh, made very quickly aware that they are not going to be sacrificed they are they are going to be deitized oh deified yeah is deitized a word i don't know maybe you can say that it is okay if it makes you feel better i do all right that's the next thing that melody has to look up deified versus deitized (laughs) (laughs) our podcast is just nothing but spite and (laughs) one upmanship (laughs) who's smarter (laughs) you know brother things yeah so yeah, they're they finally realize that uh, these guys think that they're these gods, and Miguel's like kind of inflating himself, like saying like getting like hamming it up, and is like, yes, I am a god. Yeah, and, don't mess with don't, me. Don't mess with me, or you will see my powers. And then Setsal Khan's like, yes, please show us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you want us to, <laughs> to be fucked up? So they they walk back and. Uh, Tulio's like, what the hell, dude? Like, (laughs) you have to fuck everything up. So they're arguing, and Tulio's like slamming his head on his hand. And (laughs) meanwhile, there's an active volcano. Yeah, about to erupt. Yeah, so it's it's erupting, and then uh, Tulio's arguing and arguing, arguing with Miguel, and then finally has enough, and he says, "Stop!" I'm sorry. What was that melody? Eric was right. The deitized isn't a word. No. Okay. It's now one to one. Dietized is a word. That's what I meant. <laughs> Making them low fat, low sugar. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I meant. So we should have a running tally. It's now one to no, one. No thanks. <laughs> I'm good. Oh well, actually, technically, since we talked about it in this episode, it's technically from last episode, but it was revealed. What's your in this Belgian episode. thing? Yep. 
So it's two to one. I was happy for you when you got that right. <laughs> you're so full of shit. I want, <laughs> when I told you, you're like, son of a bitch. No, in the podcast, I said, if you're right, I'll be happy yeah, for you. Yeah, but when it was when it was revealed that I was actually right. I was you, happy for you. You were not. You were so full of shit. You no, were like, no, you were cursing. I don't care. Side. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No, I was yes, not. Yes, you were. We were playing a game, and I told you, by the way, I was right. He's Belgian. You're like, motherfucker. I'm sure I was hamming it up. Oh, Facts are facts. I just want the best for you, Eric. <laughs> and I want the You best need for all you. the encouragement you can get. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, sad face. Yeah. Pew! Pew! That's a little bit of stuff from our movie, though. Yeah. Jake and David might know, but yeah. probably not, because <laughs> they're still talking to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. So he yells, stop, and then miraculously the volcano stops erupting and then they turn around and see everybody's bowing down and then the guard stands up and then Miguel's like oh don't make me start it up again and then the guard bows down (laughs) that's pretty great it it definitely I appreciated that it was PG because Mm -hmm. the the humor even though it's an animated movie and it is geared towards kids there was a lot of humor that were you know just strictly for Adults and I, I appreciated it a lot more. Mm. Not to say, I mean, because every Disney movie I've watched, I've enjoyed. Like even Frozen is not horrible. Like they're they're all. I thought Frozen was. Well, they're really all boring. enjoyable in in one way or another. You know, they all have like their redeeming qualities. Right, but they're all at least a spectacle other. to behold. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think this more than others was you know a better representation of animation in yeah. an animated movie that i enjoyed i mean you you should know too because you're mr anime <laughs> no i'm not oh don't even start on that are you watching more of the dota anime? i have not okay i am still on my winning streak in dota though that's good if anybody's interested well, you got to tell them what you were before, and no, I'd rather not. <laughs> I was I was Legend Two, and I dropped down to Archon Two. But so now you're back up to Archon Three. You're getting there. So three, four, five, and then there's Legend again. But I'm on a six-win streak. You'll get there. Yeah. I'm never gonna lose again. If you believe it, you can achieve it. Okay, thanks. It is Dylan Day today. It is Dylan Day. Oh, where are we at in the movie film? So they so they find out all these guys. Out. I believe your wording was rubes. These guys are rubes, and we can take them for all they have. So Miguel and Tulio are discussing that up in the high temple, and uh, all the while Shell is amongst them listening. Yep. So, uh oh, and she says she wants in because she, she wants to wants get it out. out, which led to a funny joke where Miguel says, "Wait, if she wants in, how can she get out?" And it yeah. says, "I mean, it was worded better and yes. funnier." Yeah, in the miscommunication. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> yeah, that's what I like about the movie. Is there's like a not only like the little facial animations and the animations of the characters. But also like just little passing quips and jokes and stuff that like if you close your eyes or look away for a minute you'll like miss them and they're not like plot 
um, they they're not like necessary for the movie, but yeah. they put in the effort to like put in like little funny things and interesting character mm-hmm. development. I love sight gags and stuff and mm-hmm. stuff that they that they don't draw attention to. I mean, we're always talking about that in this podcast. Like mm-hmm. the there's little subtle gags that you just have to have a keen eye to mm-hmm. notice and to appreciate yet another joke or another reference that mm-hmm. isn't even addressed. And I, I really appreciate when they take the time to, to do that. Speaks volumes for the creativity. Yes. So they uh, agree that Shell can be like part of the group. And because they don't know anything about the religion, and in order for them to keep the ruse up, they need to basically pass themselves off as gods. Yes. So, but then Miguel is expressing interest in Shell that she's mm-hmm. you know, pretty and he wants you know get it on with her. And Tulio's like, nope keep it professional and business and we need to focus on the task at hand and that's mm-hmm. robbing these people blind and, yeah but meanwhile he's carrying a torch for her yeah and yeah so that was kind of shitty and then she the carries his later torch on. later on waka waka in her torch torch sheath oh. yeah extinguishes the flame of love please stop <laughs> <laughs> imagery is getting kind of disturbing Gross. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, yeah. the high priest and chief which yeah. is his name they, which is chief they've got a like a rivalry going on and mm-hmm. each of them is trying to vie for the affection of the gods and mm-hmm. so like the, the chief has the, the plan to have a banquet and the high priest has a plan to have a have sacrifice this, well he doesn't say that it's a sacrifice he calls it a ritual yeah and they're like, well, which one do you want to do? And then Miguel and Tulio being the dipshits that they are, they're like, oh, let's do both of them. And then that makes them both happy. And then so the yeah. first one that they do is the huge banquet feast festival thing. Yeah. And that's where we're delighted earwise <laughs> to hear our favorite song in the movie. Yeah, and it's very, like, the imagery is really colorful and trippy because they're, yeah. like, drinking stuff and kind of, like, hallucinating yeah. or getting drunk or yeah. tripping balls or whatever it is that they are trying to portray. But yeah. it's good, you know, good visuals along with, accompanied by a good song mm-hmm. and, and everything. And then that ends, and then while they're coming down off of their stupor, the priest is like, all right, it's now it's the next day or whatever, and yeah. it's time for the ritual, and it turns out that they are going to sacrifice this guy by throwing him to... Shibalba. Shibalba, yeah, which is like this whirlpool mm-hmm. thing, which they think leads to the another realm or spirit, world. spirit world. And so they're going to toss him in, and Miguel and Tulio... Uh, stop them and they're like no that's not what we want we want you know riches instead mm-hmm. uh, we don't want you know human sacrifice and so the chief is like oh good we've got you know something right up your alley and he mm-hmm. starts bringing out all these riches and then yeah <laughs> but they say to Shabalba and they're and then, like yes yeah. to Shabalba and yeah. then they, they just start <laughs> summarily tossing all yeah. this gold into the and they're whirlpool. just standing their mouth and they're like what the fuck is going on yeah. Uh, and then Shell gets them to stop and says, "No, these guys they want to bask in it. it." So that leads them to having the gold brought up to their chamber, and that's yeah. what they want. And then so then they 
they decide that okay now we've got some gold we can keep this up for a while but mm -hmm. what we really need is for them to build us a boat so that we can get the hell out of dodge yeah we, we're gonna try to go back to spain and live like kings with all these riches that we've pilfered from mm -hmm. el dorado but we need to use our like godhood status to convince them that we need a boat so that we can ascend and mm -hmm. that was one of the, the funny lines is that we're going to go vertical as we get further out to sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, I really loved that. Uh, so they, like the chief had said, oh, well, it's going to take some time. It's going to, what did he say? Five like, days. Well, no, didn't he start out with like weeks or something? No, it was initially a very short amount of time. It was five was it? days. And then. I thought it was a matter of weeks. And then they said, oh, the, well, you can get rid of some of your riches. No, because I remember, I remember thinking like, Jesus, they're going to build it in like a week. It was, he said it was a week, and then they dropped it down. He dropped it down to like four days, from five mm. days, and then, because okay. um, that he would be he, if he lost if they left some stuff behind. Yeah, and they said they don't want to do days. that. And, and then, then he said, decided, okay, he can do it in three days. Yeah. All right. Okay. So then they decided, well, because they didn't want it to go on any longer than necessary, because that just means that they have to keep up the ruse for that much longer. So they both agreed that if they just kind of laid low and didn't really interact with anybody, that they could keep this up for another three days and then get their boat and then, you know, kind of peace out. And that's what Tulio says to Miguel, like, dude, we got to just like lay low. So that means you can't go wandering about being um yourself basically yeah. so the first thing that happens is shell convinces miguel to go out and do exactly that yes. like be amongst the people so that she can also seduce uh tulio yeah so because i don't know if that was like her power play to just to try to get like more of i think gold, she did or did she no, like, genuinely I think she like him i think or? she liked miguel and like saw that he was like interested in like the culture and the adventure and stuff and wanted him to go enjoy himself and she was probably all the while like having starting to get feelings for tulio and stuff you know so probably. well but maybe she also thought that miguel would get in the way of them leaving because he did like it so much so mm -hmm. maybe if he if she convinced him to go out that he would want to stay and then leave that as a free I don't know if she was that or... forward thinking. I yeah. think I think it was more just like, oh, look, he wants to go have a good time. I'll let him go. I'll help him go have a good time. Yeah, because I guess that could have, you know, thinking more about it, that could have backfired because if she thought like, oh, then he won't stand in the way of me and Tulio leaving, mm -hmm. Tulio could have said, well, I don't want to leave without my friends, so exactly. I'll just stay too. Yeah. So then that would have left her screwed because she would have been stuck in El Dorado. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Her... Uh, thought process wasn't really well defined but uh, well as he's out amongst the people so that was one of the things that we we talked oh pre yeah pretty guard. at length about was, so there's no one on the street at all <laughs> yeah and miguel's like where is everybody he goes up to his guards like where is everybody and the guard's like oh well everyone is uh the streets are being cleansed as per your orders and there's like a curfew as per your orders and Miguel's like I'm, there's a lot of orders happening that I've not heard about and then all the while this one dude is like out trying to like get food or something for his family he's I don't know mm -hmm. he's coming back from a soccer game and just, <laughs> Chelsea was playing on TV down at the local pub or something um, I threw that in there good man there. Yeah, right. uh, so the guards start accosting him you like that word yes I do um <laughs> And then um, 
Miguel's like, okay, stop. Fuck all these. Collaborate and listen? Yeah. Ice is back with a brand new invention? Okay. <laughs> I think it's time for you to leave. <laughs> so he tells them, uh, why don't you guys just take the day off? Now, the thing that we pointed out was once he does that, he's saying that to just like a group of like three guards. Right. He says that to the three guards and then the next couple scenes... Everybody's, everybody's out. Every motherfucker in the entire yeah. town of Oh, Eldorado. giant turtle rides? Those yep. are open again. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Word spreads fast, I yeah. guess, in uh, cartoon land of El Dorado. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah, because everything that he could want to do was uh, he's yeah. playing like a uh, mandolin or whatever. For well, he he crafts one from just like bits of yeah, rubbish. But everybody's there to enjoy the free concert yeah. that this god is putting on. And they've and got that like carnival ride kind of. They <laughs> tie a rope to your ankle yeah. somehow doesn't just rip your foot off, <laughs> right. and you're just spinning around mm-hmm. by your ankle. So again, uh, I don't know. That I guess we're reading too much into it. David will get pissed and like uh, have some suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You know, it's a cartoon movie, but mm-hmm. I that <laughs> it was like kind of a bridge too far. That was the yeah. the one uh, I think drawback that I had with this movie because I, I thoroughly and then, enjoyed. Yeah, the movie. Eric ended up docking like two points because of that. We did never even got to rating. <laughs> so uh, I was making a joke. I, I mean, I will penalize it, but not you know very severely but i think yeah that that's kind of stuff drives me nuts like mm-hmm. someone has to be t- taking care of continuity that's just that can't stand cartoon or no cartoon okay all right so uh so he's out and about playing ball with the kids and doing all sorts of stuff meanwhile tulio's boning down shell uh, and then the and high then priest Cecil Khan comes up to mm-hmm. say like hey this is like fucked yeah, like, you, like, well, because he sees Miguel out playing yeah. with the people. He's like, he's this like, shouldn't be like. Yeah, they're they're not gonna have any respect for you as gods unless you're more like vengeful, you, yeah. and so you need to start like fucking their world up, basically. And we need to like. Tulio's kind of just like going along with it. He's like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, let's like up these sacrifices and screw everybody. And yeah, so uh, then uh, he goes down. They Setsukan and Tulio go and confront Miguel because Tulio's pissed that Miguel's out fucking around too because he specifically told him not to um and that's when uh miguel's playing ball and like uh Setsal Khan's like you shouldn't be playing ball out here like this and then uh tulio's like yeah and then it pans to a different scene and they're in this huge like stadium thing <laughs> yeah. and Setsal Khan's like you should be playing like this and they're so it's like 15 of these huge guys <laughs> yeah the the biggest guys that are in the entire like yeah. uh, city of El Dorado, uh, and <laughs> no, but Setsukata is like, oh well, this, these are the best that we have to offer. But even these guys won't be any match for two gods, you right. know. And so <laughs> they start playing this game, and it's uh, very quickly realized that <laughs> the gods are uh, not going to win. Yeah. So the game to- is like, there's these hoops really, really high up. And it's like, imagine you're playing like hacky sack, but it's more focused on your hip hitting it. And you have to use your hip to hit the ball up way the hell up. Like we're talking like how many feet? Like 20, 20, 20, 30 feet up in the air. You got to hit the ball with your hip. Did it have to be with their hip? Because I thought that. No, but that was what they were mainly doing. Like the hip was like the easiest for them. I think that's what they mainly used in. Because the, in the actual sport, the ball was so hard that you kind of 
the hip was the least painful. Crush your part. pelvis? Yeah, because you'd break your foot if you, like, tried yeah. to kick the thing. So I don't know what the hell they would do. Ever heard of a soccer ball, guys? <laughs> Come on. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're getting their ass slapped. So wasn't that – I mean, we had a pretty lengthy conversation about this, too, but I don't know if we ever discussed it. Was Or maybe it's just conjecture, but is did they not use, like, decapitated heads on occasion in the game? We did not discuss that. I – my understanding is they used really dense balls, like the like the kind that I got. Oh you know God. what I'm saying, man? Yeah, and he's referring to his testicles, yeah. like pointing to them and everything. Yeah. It's a, See, this is why we need to get that video story. camera from We could have went live and five on Twitch, man. Live and five? Yeah. That's one of, that's one of their catchphrases to like, uh, start up on your Jake channel. Jake and David? No, no, no. Uh, Twitch twitches, yeah. Oh. The twitches, you know. You becoming a Twitch guy? Uh, Do you know what a little pog champ is? Mm-hmm. You're not a Twitch guy then. Wasn't it? It's like one of the emotes, and the, yeah. like, didn't the guy get in trouble or something? Or he's like a bad dude, and so now they don't use his face anymore. And now they. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because what they used to use his face as like the emote. The for pog. Them. Yeah. Yeah, and now they use the like a lizard. Yeah. Yeah. Now they... Yep. People still say Pog all the time, though. What a, a pog so thing. I don't know. What what did he do? I have no clue. Yeah. Then I guess you're not a Twitch guy either. So I'm go, just, I just go fuck yourself. I know they still say Pog. Yes, they do. So that's all I care about. Okay. If it's not in the Germaverse of things, not interested. <laughs> and no, Germa is not the same guy as Report of the Week. Which you've despised for some reason. I don't despise him. I just, like... This is Running On Empty Food Review. I I don't... uh. First, you guys alienated Hans Zimmer, and now you're alienating Report of the Week. No, I would never alienate Report of the Week. I don't despise him. Well, I know you lost a listener when you insulted Hans Zimmer. Who? Who, you? Hans Zimmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's too busy he making his ringtones. He listener. <laughs> if he's from Taiwan, perhaps. Okay. We now yeah. have listenership in Taiwan. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's hard for me, aside from, like, unless you're a fucking Kardashian or, like, a real housewife or one of that kind of shit, it's hard for me to, like, really get pissy about content creators because... Mm. We know how difficult it is, so I'm not going to say, like, oh, that guy doesn't provide uh, worthwhile service or what he's doing isn't, you know, appreciated or... The, the thing it's is... just, I don't... That one that you had me watch yeah. was, like, the fucking... Uh, it was, like, a sandwich review. Yeah. That's what they all are. And it yeah. had, like, a billion fucking views, and I'm well, like, the thing what? Why? The thing Who about watching this Eric, shit, Eric, 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 Eric. The thing about him is he's got this like really, really dry sense of humor. So he'll just like he'll just be talking like normally and just saying this really like outlandish, weird shit, and it like doesn't even sound like a joke. But it's like fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's just so strange. Okay, yeah, and again, so I'm not gonna. Like condemn him from doing what he does. If people enjoy it, then yeah, by all means, people, you know, enjoy what you want to enjoy and make the content that you want to 
make. I just it kind of is. I, it's part jealousy. I think it's just like <laughs> yeah. I think that okay. And granted, I'm biased, but I think that a lot of the stuff that we have done and the content that we've created is hilarious, and it doesn't get near the amount of kind of like traction or audience or appreciation that someone does that they get for a fucking KFC sandwich. And I was like, yeah. really? Well, he like, this is what like a million people want to fucking he's, watch. He's been doing that. For, Don't get it. He's been doing it for like over eight years. So okay. More we just gotta too. keep it up. We just gotta keep it up, man. Keep fucking that chicken. We got yeah. We got Taiwan. We got other places. Yeah, all over. Don't know where any of them are on the map. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. That's, that's for sure. We've established that. Definitely. Taiwan's somewhere over there. <laughs> so yes, Taiwan is uh, over there somewhere. Correct. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm going to have to pull out an atlas or something at some stage. You know I'm not going to retain any of it. <laughs> I just want, I want to see, I want to have a map where nothing is labeled and see if... See like, if I can fill in some fill of them. It. I'm sure I can get some. <laughs> I'm hoping that you would at least like be able to identify the United States because there's some... No shit, I well, there's Oh, you mean the States? Americans you that, mean the States? Yeah, well, no, not every single state, but I'm saying there's some Americans that... look will look at a globe and not be able to pick out the fucking I know US. what I know what the US looks like. I, I just happens. you just said the other day that like, California is the one all the way to the left, right? And I was right. <laughs> yes, you were, but it was like how the fuck did you not know this? <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, getting back to the movie at hand, right? Where, well, I we don't were talking about the game. You said they were using severed heads. Yeah, I, I don't know if that is just like the... If that's just stuff that I took from like fiction. Fear-mongering kind of shit. I don't know. Could be, but I... I, I don't know. Usually don't know. fact is stranger than fiction. God damn it. <sighs> don't look at me that way. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that was just from fictionalized media that I heard that, or if that was like based in fact. I'm. I'm not sure. Uh. Anyway, I also had had heard. Yeah. And again, don't know the validity of it, but that it would actually be like the winning team that would be sacrificed. I remember because you saying that they would be, it would be considered more. Them. Yeah, like more noble, and uh, it would be an honor for them to be sacrificed to the gods. So. It's one game that you would uh, want to actually lose. Yeah. If that's correct. Right. Yeah. Unless it was just like, oh, well, the losers have their heads cut off so that we can use them for future games. Yeah. And then the winners just get sacrificed by, like, yeah. thrown into the Chihuahua whirlpool. <laughs> the it's Chihuahua like, whirlpool. Uh, I retire from the sport forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be a farmer somewhere else. Yeah. Like, not in anywhere near this be town. Be a gold farmer. That's right. Uh yeah, we need to we need to wrap this up. I think this is about we're about halfway through the we, movie. Yeah, uh, we're rolling even longer this time than what we well, did last time. Well, it's because we we went beat by beat the first time, and we're going beat by beat again, Rose. Well, yeah, but this is dragging on even longer because I think we wrapped up around right around sixty minutes before, and right now we're not even. Well, we were only about maybe like fucking Rudy had just gotten into the. Academy in the academy, fucking what the you? school. 
yeah. when we when it crashed. Yeah. So. So okay. and we were at two hours. So we. No, were, we weren't at two hours. Fucking like hour forty at least. Yeah. Oh. But that's closer to an hour and a half than it is to two hours. All right, we could start fucking mad balling it. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, where were we? We're talking anyway. about the game still. Yes, the game. So then it, uh, they had this armadillo pal that yes. that Shell says him around. Uh, she realizes that the armadillo, when he's like scared, is rolled up and he looks strikingly like the ball that they've been using. Mm-hmm. So she devises the idea, since they're down like 15 to nothing, yeah. that they should actually start doing some cheating. So yeah. she throws the armadillo in there, and so every time one of the Miguel or Tulio hits the ball, it's going through, and sometimes it's going through, the, times, through the goal yeah. several times. So they make, And then any time the opposing scores. team hits it in, it stops right at the rim and jumps yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Which they're all kind of flabbergasted by, but don't ever think to check the ball. Or so anything. then they do that for a while. The game's, like, tied up. They need to score one more, or they basically lose, because if you tie you're, against mortals, you're not going to fucking... Yeah. You ain't gods, right? Right. So... Um, the armadillo gets knocked off the playing field and Shell, all excited that like everything's working out, throws a regular ball. a regular ball back, not knowing that it's not the armadillo. So they Miguel and Tulio realize this right as they're still like hamming it up and like doing all these tricks with the ball and shit. <laughs> right. And then uh, they finally like do this big jump thing, and then uh, Tulio ends up elbowing Miguel in the face and then Miguel like kicks the ball like backwards up into it and it gets stuck in the in the hoop and then Altivo like smacks his hoof on the wall yeah, and then it falls thinking. through right so and then they end up winning the game yeah. but in the course of this by virtue of being elbowed in the face uh, some blood starts to appear yeah so um Miguel Shepard. is like talking to uh, they, uh, God, sorry, everybody. Setsu Khan is saying that, like, the losing team is going to be sacrificed. And then Miguel's like, fuck your sacrifices, dude. There's going to be no more sacrifices. And then Setsu Khan's like, well, I'm, like, the speaker for the gods. This is what the gods want. And then Miguel's like, the gods don't need a speaker anymore. They're speaking for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Setsu Khan's like, dude, this sucks, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> none of the, they won't let me do what I want and what I think is right. And then he looks at Miguel and sees, like, that he's bleeding. And then it, like, pans to a different scene. And he's talking, Setsukhan's talking to his guard. And he's like, hey, do you know why the gods demand blood? And the guard's like, dude, I don't know why. Why, Mick? And he's like, uh, because the gods have no blood of their own. <laughs> so he, he realizes that Miguel and Tulio have been faking this whole time, and so he is concocting the spell where he's going to be the um, this jaguar statue. Yes, <laughs> that was another one of the, the funny parts. Yes. That guy was preparing the the, yeah. the beverage for him. That this concoction, and he hands it to him, but. Setzel Khan doesn't want to drink it because it doesn't have an umbrella in it, and I actually... Well, he doesn't... That's not why he doesn't want to drink it. He doesn't want to drink it because it's missing an ingredient. Well, but... Yeah. But he, the guard thinks it's because the umbrella <laughs> yes. is missing, so he just, like, puts it in, and he's all happy about it, too. <laughs> and I legitimately laughed out loud for that. That was uh, really funny to me. Yeah, the missing ingredient ends up being the 
cook of the concoction. So yes. he Sotokan kicks the guard into the uh, concoction, and then all this like vapor shit comes out. It's like all this and far out. What does it? That's what allows what, him to become the jaguar. The, the jaguar. The jaguar. Yep. So, so then, well, he's like the embodiment of the jaguar. Like he's he's like, able to control yeah. it, you know, with his body. Yeah, it's the, this big the jaguar statue. is this huge statue that's yeah. now like, yeah, sentient, mm-hmm. uh, and starts attacking the village and whatnot. That one guy gets uh, stamped on. Yeah, and he's like, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, he gets. He's like in the. Oh, he he, oh, he almost gets stepped on. Right. And he's and like, I'm the, okay, and then he does, does get, get stepped, stepped on. He's, he's like, still, I'm still right. okay. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Jaguar is uh, just ripping the shit out of the town and yeah. is chasing the guys down. We got Lentulio and they end up in this like lava pit area and they were able to kind of scamper away for that like by crawling back up on the Jaguar and then they, they end up at the at the bridge which like, yeah uh, that's overlooks the whirlpool to Shibaba. <laughs> can't stop saying Shibaba. Uh They then they devise the ruse again where they're gonna pretend fight you aren't a god <laughs> and so that confuses or no it delights de- delights that's a kind that they're like uh sparring against each other yeah but they use that ruse to be able to like punch him yeah and and then he repossesses the jaguar and tries to pounce on him but in doing so he ends up like Kind of like shattering the um, bridge, the bridge, and falling into the whirlpool mm-hmm. area, and meanwhile, Miguel and Tulio where's the whirlpool to again? Shut up! Shut up! Okay, so he ends up surviving the ordeal, which is supposed to be just like this death sentence, but then he ends up on the other side, conveniently, just as Cortez and his group of. Spanish conquistadors are arriving. Which we raised a good point about. Like, since they're throwing all these, like, gold and sacrifices in there, one, where's all the dead bodies? <laughs> right. And two, where the hell's all the gold? Yeah, it's, and there it should, should be, be there. There should be a shit ton of gold there, and then Cortez should be like, For sure. Oh, okay, here's all the gold. This guy will lead us there. What a shit movie. There's, yeah. another-, there's another, like, 15 points gone. <laughs> yep, it's negative. It's but we're going to add 15 more points because of Shilbalba. <laughs> Unbelievable. Crumbelievable, even. Crumb- oh, my. Uh, Uncrustables, you ever have those? Yes, I have. They're pretty gross. What? I don't like them. What are you talking about? Uncrustables? Yeah. They're like a sandwich pouch. Yeah. Peanut butter jelly. Yes. They're weird. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't like it. Get out. Get out of your own house. Okay. <laughs> Okay. We got a cat. <laughs> Kaori is uh, voicing her opinions yeah. about... She, she doesn't like Uncrustables. <laughs> she hates Uncrustables. <laughs> Kaori, we're doing... I don't know. We're give working. A, if you give her a fancy feast Uncrustable, I bet she'd eat it. Yeah. Or Little Soups. <laughs> yeah, little, you gotta pronounce that's it. Our, uh, that's soups. our sponsor, you know that? Little I soups. got that, yeah, I got that email last week, and they, but they said, like, we need that episode out by... Um, when that episode was supposed to come out, so we lost. Oh damn it! Sorry, little. <laughs> Sorry, <soups>. little soups. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. I do have that really cute picture I showed you, right? Where Wrigley's paws by the yeah. little soup. <laughs> yeah, that could be part of the commercial. So yeah, uh, little soups hit us back up. Yeah, for real. I think we could go far. 
Because, like, I think, like, 10... No, it's 15% of our viewer base is feline. Yeah. Yeah. Is it only that? I think it's much more than that. Is it? Yeah. Well, 25%. No, 20% is horses, which we (laughs) just lost today. Well, yeah, because you call them stupid. Now we have to rely solely on the fucking rat listenership. Yeah. Which well, there are more they're rats. They're too highbrow. There are more rats in the shit. world than horses. <laughs> yeah, what we not, really need to do they're is they're not listening to this. They're the listening ant to the ant market. Yeah, you know how many ants there are in the world? Yeah, but what's their cognitive ability? They they're pretty smart. Ants? They, no, there's a species of ants that will actually take their injured comrades home and then lick their and wounds. Them. And, no, they'll lick their wounds and nurse them back to health. There's species of ants that do that. Ah, okay. I heard about it on NPR. Shibalba. <laughs> Shibalba. <laughs> All right, anyway. Okay, what we the need fuck to get through, through this yeah. motherfucking movie, which I did thoroughly enjoy, but oh my god, we've talked about this movie for you longer than the runtime of the actual goddamn movie. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he. Uh, so he starts on. leading uh, he's Cortez. Lead Cortez. He's gonna like I'm gonna show these fuckers. You know they kick me out of my yeah. own town. I'm gonna. Well, he he sees Cortez and he's he's he remembers this one picture that he sees of this one like really vengeful scary god. looking vengeful god, yeah. and he in Cortez in his armor and stuff looks just like him. Yeah. So he's like, oh hell yeah, here's the real guy. Let me lead him to fucking El yeah, Dorado. get my town back. Yeah, know, and take vengeance against all these other. Jamokes. Yeah. So, meanwhile, uh, Miguel has decided that he is going to stay in the town. Uh, Tulio and Chell are going to leave. And in the process of saying their goodbyes, um, Miguel and Tulio kind of make up because they had like a bit of a a falling out when it's revealed that Miguel wants to stay and Tulio wants to leave and yada yada. Uh, meanwhile, they see off in the distance. Well, Altivo is the one that draws their attention to yeah. it, like the and fire then the in the distance. And scouts come and say, yeah, like, and "Oh shit!" Like, Corta, or they don't know what his name is, but they yeah. just know this that dude's coming with a huge army, and he's being and then, led by Setsukan. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so then they're like, "Oh, well, what do we do?" And they they determine that the only way to it's save to the knock city the pillars to the entrance down. Yep, and so in doing so, they'll can, lose their boat and they'll lose all their gold. Yes. Excuse me. And so that's what happened. And then I made the <laughs> comparison that in the course of their uh, boat capsizing and all of them flying out of it, the horse makes the exact same face that, yeah. that Dylan is, is famous for since he was a little kid. So, yeah. And it's um, pretty hilarious. That we talked about. And also, so um, Sutil Khan leads them there, but it's just like the cave has collapsed and stuff. Yeah. And so Cortez is like, well, f- this guy just wasted my time. Yeah. But what we were saying in the original recording, may it should be. long be remembered, um, <laughs> there should be shit tons of gold everywhere yeah. because the the boat capsized and like sent it flying. Right. And Cortez sh- should have been like, oh, here's all of this gold. All right, guys, get those cannons that we obviously have because we're like a conquering army on the move. Yeah. Just blow open this cave. Yep. But that... 20 points gone. (laughs) 20 gold bars deducted. (sighs) So, yeah, that's the... That's basically the end of the movie. That is the film. Okay. Uh, Well, so now Cortez uh, 
lead Setsukan off as like a, a prisoner of war essentially yeah. and it's like this guy just wasted my time so he's a sex shit yeah. and uh, Tulio's like mourning the loss of the gold and then Altiva looks at his hooves and they're like he has the golden hooves still and he's like sheep you said sheepishly is yes, the I word did. you said puts them down and hides them <laughs> that was very funny and then they decide that they're gonna go off together on more uh, madcap adventures and search for more uh Lost cities or more gold and prizes and yada yada. And oh, search for more lost cities. That sounds like there could have been sequels. Oh, it's very interesting that you. Why don't that we up. get into the trivia? Here portion. we go. This is the first DreamWorks animation movie not to earn a profit at the box office. Wow. A series of sequels featuring Miguel, Tulio, Chell, Altivo, and even the Armadillo going after other legends about gold was planned, but following the disappointing box office results, they were immediately canceled. That's sad. Waka waka. The name of the horse, Altivo, is generally interpreted as proud or haughty in modern Spanish. However, in older, more traditional usages, it means high or elevated, possibly a reference to the hero's elevated state to supposed godhood. Mm. The story is inspired by Rudyard Kipling's The Man Who Would Be King, featuring con men who try to trick the natives of an isolated city in Kafirsistan with disastrous results. Wow. That is what I have for the trivia for this film. Are we ready to get into Rudy? Rudy, 1993, with an IMDb rating of 7.5, a Rotten Tomatoes score of 78%. Uh, per Jake's formula, that equates to a 6.9 out of 10. 69. Nice. Uh, audience score of 90%. It's written by Angelo Pizzo, directed by David Anspaugh, starring Sean Astin, John Favreau, Ned Beatty, Charles S. Dutton, Lily Taylor, Robert Prosky, and Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, big Notre Dame fan, huh? Yes, he is. Same joke. We're just for, <laughs> we're to that portion of our podcast career. What is your synopsis for this film? And it's probably going to be verbatim what it was before. I don't know about verbatim. It's this little annoying, God insufferable it. already, little dweeb yes, <laughs> has these outlandish goals and dreams to attend Notre Dame. Not only attend Notre Dame, but to play on the Fighting Irish football team of Notre Dame. Yes, the actual synopsis. Are you done? Do you have any more uh, bad things to say about... Not now. Oh, you're going to just break my heart continuously and repeatedly. Okay. (laughs) The actual synopsis is, Rudy has always been told that he was too small to play college football, but he is determined to overcome the odds and fulfill his dream of playing for Notre Dame. This is the other movie, aside from The Notebook, Mm -hmm. that makes me cry every single time I see it. I watch this movie at least once a year, typically before the opening kickoff of the first game of the season. So how many times do you think you've seen this movie? Uh, well, it came out in 1993. Um, I don't know. Over 20? That's a lot. Yes, it is. Uh, I love it. I've said many times before that Demon Knight is my all-time favorite movie, but I think that this would be a very close second. And the ratings are going to reflect a higher rating mm-hmm. uh, than Demon Knight. Which For some reason, saying. even though you said just now that Demon Knight is I, your I, favorite movie, so that it's, it's kind of I, invalidates your entire rating system. If this movie wasn't about Notre Dame, do you think you'd like it as much? 
Hell uh, no. I don't know how to quantify that. I, I do... If it was about, like, a different uh, college. Mm, no. Okay. I mean, I think that it's still an enjoyable movie. I think it, it, it still has a good message of determination and perseverance. But The wrong kind of uh, determination. Little, little fucker's just in your face about everything. He just won't <laughs> shut up. He's just going places where he doesn't belong constantly. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I, but I think, like I said in the original one, imagine being around this fucking guy. Imagine it, would, it for a minute. It would be kind of unbearable. Yeah, and, kind and, of. And I guess yeah. even being a Notre Dame fan, if he's like going on a spiel about Notre Dame, that's all the fucking guy would talk about. It, it did wear a little thin. I mean, I could definitely see. And like you were saying before, like when they get to the point where he's actually working with Fortune and he's just like never doing any work. Yeah. He's just always stopping to go off on some speech and everything. Yeah, and it goes and shows Fortune like, oh, he's endeared by it. But yeah. God, imagine like trying to fucking like work with this guy. <laughs> It'd be near him. Yeah, it would be very off-putting. But mm-hmm. we'd also had said that, okay, Fortune is... Uh, very like jaded by the whole thing and so uh i think that he had an appreciation for this because he just looked at at this like any other job and he got frustrated with rudy for not performing the work that needed to be performed because again he just looked at it as any other job whereas rudy would like this is the culmination of his entire life's work like he just wanted to be around this university and around the football team and so now the fact that he's like in the locker room and able to see all the stuff that he's only dreamed about before was you know uh, his life's work and so I think Fortune was able to see that this was actually an endearing thing but Mm -hmm. we're skipping way ahead I I don't want to like short service the I think we talked about it all god damn it (laughs) (laughs) the um so it starts out where, yeah, Rudy starts off with Rudy as a kid, which you love in movies because you think uh, the attention span of yeah. the American populace Thank is you. too low. Yes, it is. And you appreciate when uh, movies don't like shortchange you and Very don't good. insult See? your intelligence. And... You remembered a lot more than I thought yeah. you would, and you have a good memory. Now I don't have to go on that huge long tangent that I went on forever about saying that. It uh, it really bothers me when movies start in the middle of. Oh, like... you're gonna go on the tangent anyway now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna. Sh- okay, <laughs> please, please bit. continue. Okay, so the one reference that I use that that I will continue to use, but I'll make it like a five minute spiel instead of a ten minute spiel oh, like God. it was last time, was the Old Guard. Really good movie. Yeah. One that you had turned me on to. Yeah. Charlize Theron is a great actor, and the movie was thoroughly enjoyable. But I thought it was very unnecessary, and it is always unnecessary. When movies start, like, with a fucking flashback, or they, they start at a point in time in the movie that you end up catching up to later, yeah. and then, like, flashback to, like, oh, 36 hours before, or whatever, it's like, yeah. no, just go ahead and start us off with, oh, Kaori's actually smelling me for the first time, and now and I'm running away. it. <laughs> Couldn't have hated that more. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, it bothers me when movies do that. I like when movies like Rudy start off from the beginning of the narrative and we go along with the ride for the entire thing instead mm-hmm. of feeling the need to like try to 
grasp you with something and then right. and fish you back. There's some really cool shit. Now here's some character development. Yeah, it's like we. Could, uh, I can't even formulate the thought because it just <laughs> it irritates me to no end when they do that. Yeah. I mean, some movies do it well. I mean, sometimes. You do well because even that that movie that I had told you about, Boss Level, mm-hmm. Boss Level starts out that way where it's like yeah. in the middle of the thing and then it kind of flashes back, which is annoying. But it also I mean that kind of fits the nature of the film too. Yeah, though, because it does it. play fast and loose. It is like a time travel yeah. kind of like movie, so that does fit with that narrative. But mm-hmm. when other movies do it, it's like it's really off putting and I don't appreciate it. So I like it when. Rudy starts off when he's a kid, mm-hmm. and they show right off the bat that his brothers treat him like shit. Yeah, they and call him a spaz. <laughs> they do. He's because they're playing uh, a game of football. He's all time like, center, two on two, and then one kid who's like nine years old just like, yeah. has to go off to work in yeah. the fucking salt mines or something. I gotta like, go to work, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Just let Rudy play. Rudy, who's actively wearing a helmet to be yeah. all-time center. Uh, so they give him grief about that, even when they allow him to play. And then apparently the game was going to be over after one play anyway. Because yeah. the one play that he's in, he just whiffs on, like, sacking the quarterback. Yeah. And then it's time for them to fuck off and go home. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the Rudiger residence, where there's, like, a billion and one uh, Rudigers. And, a billion uh, and one Rudigers? <laughs> yeah. And then they're uh, Pete. Well, because they even say at the end of the movie five of Rudy's younger brothers went wow. on to attend college and all of them graduated. It's like, how many fucking Rudigers are there? Goddamn. How many actual Rudigers were you? Because I remember some interesting trivia. Yes, there is. Some that much. I cannot forget, which you wanted to o- have omitted. Because <laughs> yes. I didn't want it to uh, affect your thought process of the movie or the ratings because it's revealed yeah. that... Uh, not only is the real Rudy a big old piece of shit. <laughs> yes, he is, which we'll get about, uh, we'll talk about later when we get, yeah. like, there the There goes another question. listener. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rudy. <laughs> Rudy Rudiger is no longer listening. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, he, he is kind of full of himself, so maybe if he saw, like, in his podcast feed that someone was talking about yeah. Rudy, he might listen. And then he's so. listening, and he's like, you know what? I am kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I did steal that guy's sunglasses. <laughs> oh, bury the lead, man. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the brother, one of the, the main antagonist brother yeah, the, doesn't exist. The one that who's a real piece of shit to, to Rudy the entire time. It's revealed. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really have a brother named Frank. This is the culmination of, like... Everyone that ever told him that he wasn't good enough or would never amount to anything and that he couldn't achieve his dream, and so they just made it uh, the one person uh, in the movie, and it was Frank. And it was good because Frank was very unlikable and a dick throughout. So. That wasn't the only guy who was like that. <laughs> You're saying Rudy was too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, real life Rudy, real big piece of shit apparently. But movie Rudy, movie especially Rudy, super annoying. <sighs> Not for the whole thing though. Not for the whole thing. And in the end, I was rooting. I was rooting, rooting for, for Rudy. Rooting for Rudy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So like during the course of this conversation, his uh, best friend Pete is over, and also his mm-hmm. girlfriend. They, his older brother is talking about um, 
like lamenting the fact that he doesn't want to work in like the the steel mill or like the family business and the father is like well where else are you gonna work that you're gonna have you know union support and yeah. you know family members on your left and right and yada yada and uh then he's like well before i start this meal does anyone have anything else to say to me and rudy little kid rudy says well when he graduates high school he's gonna play football for notre dame mm-hmm. and and everybody starts laughing out. yeah because they're like there's there's no way you're too small and stupid rudy <laughs> Uh, and like even the the even the dad like you know mimes like he's gonna backhand him yeah. one, uh, and then it, the next scene flash forward to when he's a senior in high school. It's their last uh, football practice, and uh, him and his best friend Pete run down the tunnel to hit the coach and the you know the bag one more time, and then the coach says we're gonna miss you, Rudy, because it's revealed that you know he, even though he wasn't the Strongest or the fastest, he led well, the team. I mean, in apparently, yeah, he led the team in tackles, and he had a lot of heart. Yep, super lot of heart, and yeah. they wish that he had a lot of something. On him. <laughs> uh, then it's uh, intersurfed with kind of uh, scenes of him in class when he's daydreaming, and it's yeah, like the priest is like a real big dick, you know, says like. He's a dreamer, and he's never going to amount to anything. And the problem with dreamers is that they're very seldom doers. And so basically, he's never going to amount to anything because his daydreams just get in the way of him performing well on schoolwork. Uh, he makes an announcement, the priest makes an announcement that anyone that's interested in pursuing uh, Notre Dame uh, after graduation is uh, invited to attend this trip so rudy of course makes a note of it and then shows up in line when that uh when that day comes and then the priest won't let him on the bus because he's like you don't even have the grades for joliet catholic or uh, joliet community college let alone notre dame uh college isn't for everybody and so basically go fuck yourself yeah uh and so then it flash forwards four years. So in real life, what they gloss over in the movie... He was in the Navy. He was in the Navy. He was a yeoman on a boat. And then he got out, and then he went to go work at his family's like steel mill. But they just start... They flash forward four years, and Rudy's working in the steel mill, and Pete's there, and... It just so happens that it's Rudy's birthday. Ah. And Pete and Rudy are in the lunch room like the cafeteria area and uh pete has gotten him a gift and it's a notre dame jacket that he saw in an outlet store and Mm -hmm. man like pete was such he was a legitimate friend you know he never supportive always cared about him yeah always believed in him always believed in him like even if he thought that rudy was full of shit like he never let on that Mm -hmm. he did you know and he was really supportive the entire time and uh gifted him the jacket and uh, lit a match on the cupcake and told mm-hmm. him to make a wish or whatever and Rudy reveals that he has a thousand dollars saved up for uh, going away to school mm-hmm. um, very quickly after that there's an accident involving Pete at mm-hmm. the steel mill and uh, there's an explosion and he ends up dying and at the funeral, Rudy, you know, decides that he this is the time. It's now or never. He he needs to leave. Uh, otherwise, 
Uh, he needs to go to Notre Dame now. If not now, he's never going to do it, and he's never going to amount to anything and never be good enough for his girlfriend or yeah. himself or his family. And his and, girlfriend yeah. says, well, if you're going to go, you're going to have to go by yourself. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, because, yeah, we had skipped over the one where she had, like, picked out a house for them, and yeah. they wanted to do this right. Like, they wanted to pull the money together, and yeah. she had said, like, she put in her time and, you know, like, stuck with them through a bunch of shit and whatever, yada, yada. So what we were saying in the first one is, like, if that's the case, he should have had a bunch more money. Because throughout the movie, he's like fucking. He he ends up breaking into that one fucking place. <laughs> yeah. He's completely destitute, and he's yeah. talking about. Well, he says uh, that all of his money is going to tuition, which is pretty expensive. Yeah. But he had that thousand bucks, which yeah. I don't know where it went, unless he like had well, given it to. Where the money go. he had for the house that he's no longer buying. <laughs> I have no idea. Because he saved up the thousand for specifically for going to school. Yep. So he should also have a bunch of money saved up for the house that he didn't buy. I, I, <laughs> he I never planned know. on actually going through with that. Buying the house? Yeah, because he wanted to go to school. So there was just no money? It was How just, were they going to buy the house? Just, it was all just pillow talk. I'll show you pillow talk. Oh my god. <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. <laughs> I ain't editing anything. <laughs> yeah, you, you know him better than that. He doesn't edit it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Pete, uh, dies, uh, and then at the funeral, Rudy says, like, yeah, what we said, he's, yeah. he's going off, uh, then he's waiting at the bus station, and his dad comes up and gives him, like, the sad sack speech about, like, uh, Rudy's grandfather and how he had bought a dairy farm mm-hmm. during the Depression, and all the cows died of disease, and... Basically, like, don't have dreams and don't try to follow your dreams because it just then leads to heartache for you and everybody that's associated with you. So, yeah. also, basically, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you can still have a nice life as a Rudiger, but, you know, come work in the steel mill and, you know, hate every decision that you ever make for the yeah. rest of your life. Uh, just so it doesn't inconvenience anybody else yeah. or make anybody look foolish. Well, but he says, no, he's not going to do that. And he proceeds to go to South Bend. He uh, <laughs> ends up at talking to the security guard. It's like whatever time in the three That's, o'clock in the yeah. morning. And he's like, I want to go to school here. And the security guard's like, what do, who the, I'm a security guard. <laughs> like, uh, You need to talk to a priest. <laughs> yeah. And so the security guard also says, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but he gets him in contact with the priest who... Uh, it's Father Kavanaugh who misunderstands and thinks that Rudy wants to become a priest. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's that's not what I'm here to do. Uh, I actually want to go to school at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that, uh, yeah, he's never really had that great of grades and hasn't applied. And Father Kavanaugh very generously says, I can get you a semester at Holy Cross, and then if your grades are good enough, then you can apply to go to school at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm why he would just agree like for no reason to let some stranger that walked in yeah. with some sad sack like story just like <laughs> yeah at stupid o'clock in the morning I was like I'll, yeah I'll get you uh, enrolled in this uh, other also prestigious school yeah. so uh, but he does that and his next step is to break into the stadium and yeah fucking walk go somewhere the- where he doesn't fucking belong <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is fair enough, yeah, that all this is true, but it's like, it, it is, and it, and it is, you had asked, like, would I have the same appreciation for if it, if it wasn't Notre Dame, and 
I do know people that are like ardent Notre Dame haters that still appreciate the movie for mm-hmm. like the message behind it. Don't you also but, know a lot of Notre Dame lovers that hate the movie? Yes, indeed. And we were, are going to hear for, from some of them in the uh, the Reddit comments that I have later on. Uh, but yeah, I, it's very like rose-colored glasses that I wear in this movie because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. If it was about like someone that wanted to go to fucking usc or michigan or something i would be like yeah god forbid illinois <laughs> yeah, like that sack of shit uh just like <laughs> intruded and invaded and that's yeah. trespassing so it's definitely yeah uh i let a lot of things slide because uh of the lore behind rudy it's like it's really sad fact that the real life guy is such a like sack of shit yeah. because like the the lore behind Rudy is so fucking like it it's so endearing I, but like you also you were also telling me in the original episode that like when he goes on the field to play it was like a joke like they the whole team was in no, on the no, joke no, not the fact that he played I think everybody I thought they wanted to get him on the field no, as the, a joke no 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 the, the, the fact that they carried him off the field Oh, was, was a joke. A joke. Oh. The fact that he got on to play, I think everybody was in support of because oh. he really did like have a lot of heart and fucking bust his ass oh. and you know like did all those things that they showed oh, okay. in practice I and everything. You. Yeah, but no, like Joe Montana, like really famous Hall of Fame quarterback, was mm-hmm. a freshman quarterback on the team the year that Rudy was a senior and actually played, mm-hmm. and he was saying like, yeah, he was a good enough guy and you know like a good enough player to play that one play mm-hmm. but the fact that he got carried off the field was kind of like a, a final fuck you to the guy oh. you know so that was more of a joke than than anything mm-hmm. but the fact that he actually got to play and be in the record books was mm-hmm. you know all for his own doing because they make it like a big deal that like no other player has been carried off the field in Notre Dame history <laughs> yeah. remember at the end yeah. credits yeah for sure so uh, so where were we? That uh, Father Cavanaugh gets him into Holy Cross, and then he breaks onto the field, and he meets Fortune for the first time, which is like the groundskeeper, the head groundskeeper. It's a great name. Uh, and he uh, he says that he's there to play football for the Irish, and Fortune says, "Well, does Coach Parsegian know that?" And he's like, "Oh, no. that's a great idea. I'll go fucking break into there too." <laughs> totally, he does. He does indeed go and trespass <laughs> in there and uh, bust right past the uh, the secretary yeah. and barge into Coach Parsegian's office and tell him that uh, he's there to play for Notre Dame uh, eventually because he's not even a student there. He's over at Holy Cross, and he gives his whole spiel, and uh, Coach Parsegian's like, I got more important shit to do, kid. Like, you should probably go talk to Father Kavanaugh. Yeah. And he's like, I already did. And Father Kavanaugh's the one that got me into Holy Cross. And Coach is like, oh, that right. son of a bitch. Fuck okay. out of here, you annoying little bastard. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, he departs. And then he's in class and he meets uh, D-Bob. D-Bob notices him because he's, like, actively scribbling, scribbling every notes where everybody else is just like, yeah, whatever, and Zitz and Laban, and who gives a fuck, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But Rudy's like, no, I, I have to get an A in this class and basically every other class because it's incredibly important. 
So D-Bob, who's like uh, really shy around women, notices Rudy at a bulletin board looking for a room to rent and talk, talking to one girl mm-hmm. for uh, like five seconds. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, that's more time than <laughs> talking to a woman than I've ever done. So yeah. uh, Rudy can be my like in to get me hooked yeah. up with a girl. Uh, Rudy initially says, no, he doesn't know any girls, but then realizes like that's pretty much his meal ticket and that's mm-hmm. his way of getting uh tutor is to agree that he's gonna meet girls for debop mm-hmm. and so that begins their friendship uh and then it's just basically uh yeah a montage of them palling around and trying to meet girls and every time debop is brought up the girls are just like like laughing mm-hmm. hysterically which leads to him meeting mary for the first time she's like in charge of uh like the student activities and brings up uh, the boosters, which Rudy is incredibly uh, excited about joining because he finds out that they paint the helmets and then they you know, go to the games and yada yada. And, and they make it seem like she's going to be like a love interest, but then like once he he ends up like he, get, he gets drunk and then he tells her that he's like not even a student there. Yeah, and she's like, "Okay, well, fuck off then, you yeah, weirdo." Which she, I think, was meant to be like it wasn't really well fleshed out because uh-huh. it, it, I don't see like how because I, I think that was supposed to be like, "Oh, what a bitch!" Like that she's right. not letting him do this thing, but she's just following the rules. Like yeah. he's not a student there, so she's just you know yeah. she's doing what she was supposed to be doing, and I think it's she was meant out to be more than a, of an antagonist than she really should be. Yeah. Because she was never, like, mean or rude to him. Mm. She just, like, said, sorry, you're not a student here. You can't be... We're not just going to let some random stranger have access to, like, all this stuff in the university. So uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, they even show that scene later on where they're, like, walking by the the lake. And, Mm. like, she looks at him and smiles at him and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then we only see her again in passing at like the very end. Yeah, once he's like, actually like, made the team, she's like standing on the sidelines talking to like, someone. Don't like, I know you? Yeah, like a real dick move on his yeah. part. So it's like, yeah, now it's like talking to you and reading all this stuff is making me think more negatively about this thing. And it, it's kind of like putting you're wearing taking the, the, you're the, taking the, the off glasses off. off. <sighs> it's it's sad. I don't want to have to do that. I guess we will end the episode now. We'll file yeah, that under the is no longer uh, my favorite. Yeah. No. Uh, so where were we? Rudy's uh, yeah, he's fucking six. around, being a little dingleberry. Yeah. So then it's, it's football season, and he uh, is basically he's kicked out of the boosters and everything, and he's like trying to get into games, and he can't because he's too poor. And meanwhile, yeah. he's uh, he's gone back to Fortune and has. Uh, told him that he was going to work for free and fortune decides that he's going to let him work there for minimum wage and then he uh, sees like that there fortune's got like a bed and stuff and he's like oh that's for when my my cuticles erupt <laughs> sciatica my hey. sciatica starts <laughs> my cuticles erupt <laughs> yeah cuticles are something on your fingers yeah um so he sees, like, there's this bed and shit and asks Fortune if he, like, sleeps there. And he's like, no, 
And Rhea's like, oh, here's another place I can fucking break into. <laughs> so he, like, goes and unlocks the window, <laughs> like, preemptively yeah. letting him break in. Too bad he didn't have a horse in there. He could have unlocked That's what... Horse. That was the one hilarious joke from the first one, is <laughs> I, I was like, if... Do you think if there was a horse on the other side of the window, he would be able to open it for Rudy? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Now, if there was a rat on the other side. (laughs) The rat might be uh, smart enough to figure out what he wanted him to do, but it wouldn't have the dexterity in order to do it, or the strength. The rat might be smarter than Rudy. The rat would definitely have more moral integrity to not want Rudy to break in. Exactly. (laughs) The horse would just want the peppermint. Yeah. Well, but the horse would be able to... Okay, so if there was no keys involved, if, if it was mm-hmm. just the latch that we saw, yeah. the horse could definitely lift the latch. Remember the latch story from earlier? The horses don't go for the latches in the stables. The ho- If there was a horse there, it would just kick the... It would just yeah, kick would, the window through. <laughs> right, but either way, Rudy would be getting in there by yeah. virtue of the horse helping him out. So, okay. ipso facto, the horse would get him in there. Okay. Long story short, rats are better. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> Anything's better than Rudy. Wow. <laughs> He's Jesus. definitely not listening to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get sued by Rudy. Uh, yeah. Uh, He's going to take our sunglasses. Right. <laughs> uh, so he starts living there like in the the groundskeeper thing and then fortune ends up like realizes it and ends up giving him a key but it says he doesn't know anything about it mm-hmm. uh he's still uh working with d bob and he's now like his grades have been pretty decent he's actively trying to apply to get into notre dame and he keeps getting uh like shut down he uh the hell happens <laughs> completely drawn a blank here like we're what I'm obviously remember the movie but like what happens first he, he gets he, turned out a bunch well yeah he ends up getting rejected a bunch and then okay yeah, I guess the, the next it's thing is like it, yeah. the, the scene that always makes me cry is when mm-hmm. they, the orchestral mu- music starts going which I, it went completely over my head apparently because I don't remember there being any music in that yeah, scene yeah you gotta watch that scene again and see yeah. if it's a little bit more impactful that would mean it's... I would have to watch the movie again you just have to watch that scene you don't have to watch the entire okay. movie again right. <sighs> that scene just means so much because it shows like all the all the times that he's mm-hmm gotten the letters and this is the last chance that he has yeah well so like he's been kind of like a dick move like he he's just been getting the letters and just like standing in the middle of the yeah. the thing and opening them like meanwhile people are kind of like trying to squeeze Ooh, Rudy doing like, something rude oh, that's strange uh, let me get my letter but this guy's in the in the way so I just won't say anything and I'll just squeeze a cheek over here <laughs> so but then Rudy, and then he opens the one in the cafeteria. He opens the one in the hallway. This is his last opportunity because uh, Notre Dame doesn't accept uh, senior transfers. So this is his last chance that he has. So he makes a, a kind of a big deal about it. Like he has gone to the grotto to do all the praying. He has that ch- uh, talk with Father Kavanaugh. Uh, so he grabs the letter and he goes out to sit on the bench overlooking the lake and 
the music starts playing and he opens it up and he starts reading and he realizes that his entire life's work has now come to fruition because he has finally been accepted into the University of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. His lifelong dream has been realized. Well, one of them. That's just the initial. Yeah. Uh, so he goes home and shows his dad, who's at the steel mill, and his dad is, like, you know, genuinely happy for him. Mm -hmm. And Frank, like, the antagonist brother, is kind of shocked that it has actually yeah. happened and congratulates him, but you can just see he's, like, dead behind the eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he he couldn't be more pissed about the whole thing that the... The oh, we see, we see earlier on he goes and uh, he goes to like a Christmas. Rudy goes to a Christmas thing, and his like former girlfriend is like with his other brother. Yeah, not Frank, but his like older brother, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, his older brother, but the middle one. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like Frank and then Johnny and then Rudy mm -hmm. and then the fucking five other ones apparently yeah. or more. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, now he's in Notre Dame. So and then his dad asks, Okay, oh that's great, you know, do you wanna work? And Rudy's like No, I, I have to get back to school because uh like football, you know, walk on tryouts are gonna be in a couple of weeks and so I, I gotta do some stuff and so that's he goes back to school. So he returns to school to start the uh, walk-on tryout for the football team. Uh, oh, one thing that I had written down that we talked about in the last episode, but hadn't addressed this time, and it's like the, one of the things that I love. This is one of the only two movies that was actually filmed on Notre Dame's campus, and it uh -huh. feels like it's a love letter to right. the school. Like it's a beautiful campus, and I think that even people that don't have the same affinity for the school can appreciate like how beautiful the campus really is and uh it's just great and i think this movie does a really good job of showing you know cinematography like all the scenery and all the nothing things beats that's, uh, actually being there though yeah it's with it's, your brother named <laughs> it's, eric it's great uh it's such such iconic locations and it is just so beautiful and wonderful and it's a great place to be yeah, you know my favorite part about being there with you? What? There was no Rudy Rudiger. There. God damn it. No Rudy to steal your sunglasses. Yeah. Or be near me and speak to me. <sighs> wow. Hey, he might have been there. We don't know. He, yeah. He, he Breaking in somewhere. He could be like a little leprechaun that's like <laughs> popping up from yeah. behind rocks and whatever. See, that's what he was in the movie. A little, little annoying-ass leprechaun. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so fucking funny if he if he did have that big of an ego that he that he listened like, to some like little <laughs> tiny ass podcast because he saw oh Rudy oh well, yeah maybe listen. he, I got might, going on right he now. might have a notification on his phone or something every time any kind of podcast or anybody any anytime talks and then we're gonna get sued for defamation <laughs> yeah just to make it clear we're we're talking about Rudy in the film. Not the actual Rudy. I think wink, we've said wink. several times that the wink. real life Rudy was <laughs> uh, not a great guy. So, but uh, 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 I think we uh -oh. can we can frame it that uh, 
these are all comments from the Reddit post. Yeah, we didn't say any of this. <laughs> it's we're just repeating uh, yeah. words that other people had said. Yeah, and they just happened to be named Dylan and Eric. <laughs> we didn't write all the Reddit posts. There's a lot of them that. Uh, oh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's working out, and he uh, he ends up getting on the team as a walk-on. One of the coaches uh, says that. Because he's basically been getting like the shit kicked out of him all practice, and he keeps getting up and he's like, I can do it, coach. I can do it. Yeah, and he's got blood on his jersey, and the coach says, you know, if if he shows that kind of intensity for the next five months and doesn't let up, you know, he's got a spot on the team. And but if he does let up, even one iota, mm-hmm. he'll throw. He'll be thrown off the team so fast his head'll spin. And, oh, if I can, if I'm going to get thrown off the team, that means I have to be on the team already, right? Yeah, kid, you're on the team. <laughs> now go put some shoes on. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, this begins the montage of uh, Rudy getting the get, shit, ever getting, living shit kicked out of them. Yeah, for sure. Getting thr- <laughs> thrown yeah. across the screen, across the field, <laughs> knocked down, picked back up again, and knocked down some more, yeah. and... Uh, but everybody admires his spunk, and then yeah. he, he goes in at the end of the season to talk to Coach Parsegian, and he says, you know, I really enjoyed being part of the team, and, you know, next year is my senior year, and I would really appreciate it if I could, you know, dress for one game because my dad loves Notre Dame football above anything else, and, you know, he can't be here at practice to see that I am part of the team and yada yada, and Coach says, well, you know, is it just for your father? Because if it is, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And, Rudy says, no, it's for everybody that told me that I was never good enough or that I could never do this and blah, blah, blah. And so Coach Parsegian says, yeah, you know, you've earned it. You can dress for one game next year in, in your senior year. And then he up and quits yeah. right away. And yeah. Dan Devine from the Green Bay Packers comes in mm-hmm. as the new head coach. And the new antagonist. And the new antagonist. And he uh, doesn't really appreciate Rudy or certainly doesn't think that you know, he deserves to dress. And mm-hmm. um, so when the season starts, Rudy is checking every single home game. Like, meanwhile, he's told, like, his family and, yeah. you know, Frank especially that, you know, he doesn't know when it's going to be, but be ready when he calls. And he, come on, Frank, I've never asked you for anything. And mm-hmm. yada, yada, I want you to be there too because I want to rub your nose in it that I actually, you yeah. know, did something with my life. So uh, every single game Rudy is not on the dress list and then it's the uh, last home game of the year and he's not on the the dress list and so he gets a wild hair up his ass to fuck it he quits and he storms off on the last practice and he goes to to the field and fortune sees him and asks him you know shouldn't you be at practice and fortune gives him the office the the awesome speech about Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're five foot and under nothing, a hundred and nothing. You got rarely a barely a speck of athletic ability, and you hung in with the best you know, college football team in the country mm-hmm. for two years, and you know, walk out of here with a degree from Notre Dame. Yeah, you ain't got nothing to prove to nobody except yourself. Uh, so then he ends up going back to practice. Everybody cheers for him. Yeah. Well, it's revealed that you know because uh, Rudy had said, oh, I, I just wanted you to be able to see your first game." Oh, from yeah, yeah. inside the stadium and fortune said oh, he'd seen too many games from inside the stadium just uh, never as a fan yeah. because he was a player that rode the bench for two years and 
thought that he wasn't getting played because of his color and got all up in his head about it. And uh, then he quit the team, and there's not a week that goes by that he doesn't regret it. And if Rudy does the same thing, there's not going to be a week that goes by that he doesn't regret it. And Mm so go on back. And so Rudy goes on back, and he just decides that he's going to stick it out regardless. And Mm -hmm. so then that leads to the, the other scene that gets me choked up, is when all the players go in there and they throw their jerseys down on the desk and mm-hmm. the, the coach is being a, a real ass and says, "Oh, you know, you're, you're our, our captain and you know our leader and you know you should act like it." And uh, and he says, "What's his name? Roland." Roland says, "I believe I am. You know, by by taking yeah. a stand, you know that I am playing the part of the captain and sticking up for the little guy." Mm-hmm. And then. Every single like person on the team, it seems like, comes in there and, yeah. and throws on down their jersey to offer it up for for Rudy to dress in their place. And mm-hmm. so uh, Rudy gets his wish. So he ends up having to play not only quarterback but also like linebacker, <laughs> center, and he just gets obliterated. <laughs> the team ends up losing by like fifty-seven points. <laughs> No, that would be funny if that happened, but that's not what happens. No, Rudy does get to uh, to dress. I don't know in whose place, like in which one of those he offered up, like which uh, yeah. scrub. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rudy does get to dress. Uh, but and then the family comes out to see it. Yep, and everyone, uh, and also D Bob comes back because he's gone yeah. off to uh, law school in Miami. And he's all like rich as shit. Uh, yeah, and he's with that one girl like earlier who were supposed to be like you. Yeah, the mousy girl. Yeah, but she changed him and reformed him and yeah. made it so he's that not he can't say, say goddamn, goddamn no more. Uh, so they're all back and. Uh, the dad says it's like the just seeing a game from inside the stadium it's the best sight his eyes have yeah. ever seen and everything and frank's like oh fuck you dad you know <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah your, that was the dialogue <laughs> well he was like very dismissive and yeah. he's like kind of like groaning and like come on just sit down uh so rudy's on the sidelines but he's not gonna be able to play uh and then the one of the like linemen starts chanting Rudy and then yeah. the rest of the players like pick up and, and start the chanting whole and audience. And then yeah, all the fans are doing it, even some of the coaches, and then finally uh Coach Divine relents and lets him in the game and mm-hmm. he's there for the kickoff. It's because they're like winning by like they can't lose basically. Yeah. Well oh yeah, so they're they're there was a point where they were up by a score, I think, but the but Georgia Tech was driving, and then oh, they, and then they were like, "Do they, it for Rudio." We got well, no, they threw the interception, and so Roland gets the interception, the, the pick six yeah. for the touchdown, but and so Rudy's like going apeshit about it, and so now like the game is in hand, but then they decide that they're going to run up the score because Rudy plays on defense, yeah. and the only way that he's going to get on the field is if the defense has yeah. the ball again. So the offense decide because they're supposed to just kill the clock yeah uh vince vaughn's character was like this uh he had this real big beef with rudy because he thought it was a showboat and that you know he uh was just out to try to hurt people and and whatever and uh so that ends up that vince vaughn's character was like this highly touted recruit but then he ended up being going just to like the fucking fourth string because Mm -hmm. He had back talked to the coach yeah, and yeah. got pissed off at Rudy and yada yada. Well, he gets thrown into the game 
and then he decide he's gonna throw a, like a halfback pass yeah. for a touchdown so that they can get another score for Rudy to come back on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Devine is all pissed off about it, but then finally relents and lets Rudy get in the game. He goes in there for the kickoff and. And the coach is like, no, stay in. And so a play is run. It happens to be the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. And Rudy gets a sack on the opposing team's quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that ends the game. And they carry him off the field in supposed jubilation. But <laughs> supposed. Turns, out, turns out, yeah, the real story is that it was, you know, they carried him off as kind of a, a goof. Yeah. Which is a little, little lamentable, but then they comes up with that thing that the no other Notre Dame fan or no other Notre Dame player has been carried off the field uh, yeah. since 1975 when this happened. And no then, one else has been made a fool of <laughs> since that happened. Five of Rudy's younger brothers uh, went on to go to college, and all of them graduated, and yada yada. But you uh, guys haven't heard the real story yet. So, well, here's the trivia, and then we will get into the Reddit comments. So, the trivia. In real life, Dan Devine, who mm-hmm. uh, was the antagonist coach, was very supportive of Rudy and elected to put him in the game on his own. Because Devine considered Rudy a friend, he volunteered to play a villain in order to get the film greenlit. Mm. In the movie, Rudy is portrayed as having largely gone into the steel in- industry after graduating high school. In reality, he served four years in the U.S. Navy as a yeoman on a communication ship, which is never mentioned. According to Rudy, he has no brother named Frank in real life. The character of Frank is all the people who told Rudy he couldn't do it rolled into one person. According to the real Rudy, the character of Fortune, played by Charles S. Dutton, was a combination of three different people that were helping him realize his dream of playing football for Notre Dame. So, I had gone to Reddit, to the Notre Dame football subreddit, and (laughs) told them that... I was going to be uh, discussing Rudy on our podcast mm-hmm. and asked people what they thought about it. And to, I, I figured, oh, this has got a. Everyone loves this movie, right? You know, every Notre Dame fan, it's got to have a special place in their heart. And so uh, let me know what your comments were. And so one guy put. Every time someone brings up Rudy, I have to mention that he stole my sunglasses at a barbecue back in 2015. <laughs> And the comment to that was, he's a real piece of shit. Unfortunately, he got off a lot easier than his former business partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a, a really... Do you want me to read the really long one? <laughs> uh, it's up to you. We're at 121, <laughs> 122. Okay, let me just gloss over some of these then and see if there's anything... Uh, this guy Fish3T0 says Rudy's a great movie and went to Holy Cross College in the early 2000s and it was a number of reason kids that went there that weren't from St. Joe County but when I got to Holy Cross in Notre Dame you hear the stories of the real Rudy and let's just say that sticking to Irish traditions you never let the facts get in the way of a good story go Irish hmm. uh, this guy Jay Hustler says uh, I wasn't a, really a fan of the movie. I don't know what it is, but sports movies like that where they just paint this grandiose picture of some obscure player like he's David that's going to take down Goliath just ruins it for me. Just my opinion, though. I totally get if the movie means a lot to some, just not me. Uh, Groovy, with an I, says uh, in comment to Jay Hustler's thing, mm-hmm. uh, agreed wholeheartedly Rudy had that one play of glory and then spent the next decade trying to get a movie made, very self-aggrandizing. 
Uh, Jay Hustle responded back to Groovy saying it made it out like that one play is what won the game and in real life it had no bearing on the outcome of the game similar to the movie We Are Marshall. Uh, then the geese is lease <laughs> responded to both of those saying, yeah, but the point of the movie is that a kid from a low socioeconomic status persevering against any odds to get into Notre Dame, make the football team, come on the field once and make a play. It works as a fiction movie just as well as if it never happened because inaccuracies of the movie aside, of course, it could be argued that it is a fictional movie in the sense of all the liberties that they took in portraying the actual events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't really want to skip over this entirely because this guy Desert Stormborn did make uh, some really good. Uh, Let's hear it. All right, so he says, while some really negative views on it, I'll try to add a more positive spin. The movie, as it's presented to me, represents multiple layers: class and social status boundaries for one. Secondly, it was a mold or build of players to a sport. Third was discipline, determination, and a bit of good old-fashioned heart. Rudy is a kid who loves fo- football. It's a simple yet complex game. As a kid, playing pickup games and even organized peewee flag leagues allowed one the opportunity and ability to play any given position. As we aged up and we begin to see the reality, the only biggest and most athletic, while being big, ultimate, ultimately played past the high school level, which we see Rudy attempt to do. So even with the sudden death of his friend as a catalyst, he tries to go to the only place he would want to go, to Notre Dame, which of course is completely ignoring his actual capability and their scholarship quality of players as compared to himself. But that's the sort of fantasy part about the movie. I can let that go because he's at least trying to get better at his craft, this game of football he loves so much. I think it means to me determination to achieving something that requires discipline, maybe breaking some barriers, achieving some dreams, even if you're not Joe friggin' Montana. Rudy says it himself when he speaks to Era about dressing next season for his father and tells him why for everyone that said, I couldn't. One might argue that the parts that seem overly done or over, overly dramatic in the movie could be characterized as a montage of sorts for an actual long period of setbacks and diversions to the goal that when the chant of Rudy, Rudy, Rudy start, you can empathize with this plight or you might relate to it one of your own or even use it as an encouragement for your own goals. All right, I'll skip ahead a little bit. That quote from Parsegian, whether it was true or not, was one that speaks to the millions. I wish a lot more of my players had your heart, Rudy. And you have to admit, Sean Astin has been given speeches his whole damn life. He's getting pretty good at them. Goonies, Lord of the Rings, Rudy, yada, yada. From John Favreau to J- Jason Miller to Charles S. Dutton to John Beasley to Robert Prosky to Ned Beatty, it's a very stout cast and an enjoyable movie. Who, what was the username of the guy who got his sunglasses stolen? <laughs> I, I that one cut off. I don't have that one. Oh, so dude. my apologies. Oh, Sunglass no. Steeler got it. Uh, that's his username. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, Ru- Rudy stole my sunglasses. Zero, 2006. Yeah. Yep. That is what we have for our films now that we're, what, like over two hours? 126. A good load. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't crash. Yeah, because we stopped it uh, a bunch of stuff. Well, we probably shouldn't have revealed. Well, we said we were going to do that anyway, but that was the little magic behind the scenes that hopefully you won't notice that we stopped. You, they'll probably notice at one point. There's this one part where I had to uh, cut, and then the way you went back into it, it's kind of like you can tell that it's like not a coherent like sentence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you stop saying something, and then like you instantly start saying something else. <laughs> 
So either you're just very, very, very quick-witted, or yeah, yeah. I edited it in that part. So let's see if you can find which part I'm talking about. I'm just gonna, just go with the quick wit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the ratings portion. Rodel Dorado. Yes. I really like it. I'm going to give it a 8.5 out of 10. I like the music. I like the animation. Um, I think the character's really good. I think the story's really fun. And... The Mayan culture is really interesting, and yeah. the, the colors are very bright and vibrant. And we all we all know by now that I only care about things that are bright and vibrant. <laughs> yep, aesthetics is his sole motivating factor. Yeah. Uh, I am gonna go. What'd you say? Eight point five. Yes. I will go with the eight point two. Wow. I also thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. I mean, obviously not as much. I would have liked to see sequels. It's kind of yeah. it's a sad state of affairs that it did so poorly at the box office i mean there's certainly other movies and certainly other animated movies that i think are a lot worse than this that are more favorably like reviewed have, and you, written, um, have you ever seen peabody and sherman no it's really good it's like a cgi one i'm glad that we've already passed p and <laughs> yeah. that you picked paddington because because yes, you loved paddington i did Paddington was a very good movie, but I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm tired over of the fucking animated movies. I'm I'll have to find one for S. Oh, Jesus. Snow I, White. I might punch you in the head. Okay. So, Rudy, here's the, here's the big kahuna. It's all right. Um, oh, Jesus. I just really cannot stand the little fucker. Um, I'm glad that he succeeded. I, I get the, the message and stuff. But I don't know. It just doesn't. I'm not a big sports guy. You know that. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same resonance with well, me. Well, but that's why I think it's like this. It, it's a multitude of movies. I mean, it, mm. from the beginning through but like still, the first. You still have the leading character be someone that I don't like is the main problem. That's fair. So I'm with that. I'm gonna have to give it a seven out of ten. Okay, that's still a respectable score, I think. Can't uh, stand the guy. <laughs> wow, well, so I'm surprised that you uh, relented enough to give it a, a 7. I think that's for my benefit. I yes, would, it is. I would hate to see if it wasn't for my benefit, like how low it would actually be. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go below 6. Well, but you already said 7, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there okay. <laughs> and, and lock it in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've already gone on record multiple times in several other podcasts saying that I was going to give it an 11 out of 10. So that is ju- I'm going to stick with my 11 out of 10, uh, but I will also give uh, a more realistic rating uh, in light of what's come out and also some of your valid points that you've raised mm-hmm. that I, I have to take kind of a a more realistic view on things. Okay. <laughs> You're still not going to be happy with it. I'm, I'm fine still, with whatever. I'm still going to give it a fucking like nine. A okay. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten? Yeah. Alright. It's not like fucking 9.7 or some shit. It ain't 11 out of ten. I'm happy yeah. about that. I mean, you've seen the fucking thing like over twenty times, so of yeah, course you're gonna I'm, it I'm still gonna. I'm going to have to like really 
expunge all this other information that I have that has come to light since then, like all these other Reddit posts and all the the real life stuff that I've found out about him, and just yeah. take it for like as the, the movie. Watch it as like yeah, a just, movie, yeah. Yeah. So I, I still from from a movie factor, I'm still gonna say it's an eleven out of ten. The real life stuff getting in the way of it uh, knocked it down to a knocked nine. it down to a nine out of ten. Okay, fair enough. What would you rate boss level? Uh, I don't know. It was it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I, I have to dock it at least a little bit because of I can't very well say that. Because uh, it didn't show Rudy as a kid in the beginning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every movie must start out with, with Rudy, Rudy as, as a kid, kid <laughs> and then proceed with the rest of the narrative story. Yeah. <laughs> being called a spaz as he yes. lifts on the, yeah. the side. I did like that part. That's what bumped it up from a six to a seven. That whole point about him being called a spaz. Yes. All right. Uh, boss level, I think would be pretty pretty high sevens pretty low eights yeah i mean yeah it's it's certainly not without its flaws and uh we you talked about the ending which it's a really new movie so i don't want to spoil anything about it but uh i definitely would recommend that people check it out yeah me too i'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10 now we're even rating movies that don't fit the <laughs> criteria for what we're talking about what would you rate uh spongebob squarepants movie the sponge on the run <laughs> didn't even know that was a thing so uh, i'm gonna say uh two all right i'm gonna give it a five out of ten having not seen it or have you seen i've it? seen it god damn it i didn't of really course like you have <laughs> All right. All right. So so we are going to file that under R and we'll be back. Are we going to be back next week already or is it? Hell yeah. All right. Well, I didn't oh, know yeah. if you were going to commit to something not knowing what your work schedule was. It's Dylan Day, man. It's every day Dylan Day now. <laughs> every day it's Dylan Day. Oh, I'm a free man. All right. See you later. Slam that door. Creak. So,